You're listening to the Acadiana's Morning News Podcast, brought to you by LABI and always on kpal965.com. So you head to the hospital, expecting a healthy new baby, and then 12 hours later, you're faced with planning a funeral. This is a real problem for some families in Acadiana, and Maddie's Footprints is here to help. Visit maddiesfootprints.org for more information. Maddie's works with area funeral homes and mental health providers to help families dealing with infant loss. I'm Rob Kirkpatrick, a Maddie's Footprints board member. And if you know someone in need, refer them to maddiesfootprints.org. That's maddiesfootprints.org. News Talk 96.5 KPEL, Brobridge, Lafayette. President Trump takes aim at China and Joe Biden. I'm Dave Anthony, Fox News. Hong Kong will now be treated the same as mainland China. The president signed an executive order ending preferential treatment and a bill allowing for sanctions on officials who helped China crack down on dissent in Hong Kong. As for his Democratic challenger, he said that the idea that China is our competition is really bizarre. Now, the president, bizarre. the president also attacked Joe Biden's new $2 trillion clean energy plan, saying he's trying to kill American energy. Donald Trump thinks about climate change. The only word he can muster is hoax. When I think about climate change, the word I think of is jobs. And the former vice president also again said the Trump corona response failed. Quit pushing the false choice between protecting our health and protecting our economy. Now, Texas had record new cases and record hospitalizations. Florida hit a new high in deaths. But Fox 35 TV in Orlando reports some labs may not be reporting negative test results, which could drive up the percentage of those positive. And there's also now this out this morning. Under new guidelines posted quietly to the Department of Health and Human Services website late Tuesday, hospitals will no longer share coronavirus data with the Centers for Disease Control and Prevention, but instead report it directly to H. HHS. But Democrats like Massachusetts Senator Elizabeth Warren fear the president is playing, quote, political games that undermine Americans' health. Fox's Sean Langell, the second planned execution of the federal prison in Indiana in two days has been halted. Wesley Perkey, convicted for raping, stabbing, then dismembering a 16-year-old girl from Kansas City in 1998. A federal judge delayed the lethal injection this morning, siding with Perkey's lawyers. Saying their client suffers from dementia and lacks the ability to understand why he is being executed. That's Jack Callahan. America's listening to Fox News. It's happening. In just days, Publishers Clearinghouse will be ready to award $7,000 a week for life. That's $7,000 a week, week after week, for life. Don't miss your last chance to win. Go to PCH.com and enter before it's too late. That's PCH.com. Better hurry if you want the next big winner to be you. Enter now at PCH.com. Entries due 826. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited. It's the perfect time for a powerful business refresh during Dell Technologies Cyber Savings Event. It starts now with up to 50% off high-performance Windows 10 business laptops, desktops, and servers, plus top-brand electronics. It's also your chance to streamline IT and simplify PC life cycles with PC as a service. Dell Technologies recommends Windows 10 Pro for business. Call 877-ASK-DELL for a Dell Technologies advisor who can help you find the right tech. That's 877-ASK-DELL or visit dell.com slash smallbusinessdeals. 
Supreme Court Justice Ruth Bader Ginsburg is in a Maryland hospital for a possible infection said to be resting comfortably. Jeff Sessions will not be returning to the Senate, losing his bid to win his old seat in Alabama in a Republican primary runoff. President Trump wasn't backing former Attorney General Jeff Sessions in the Alabama runoff race for the Republican Party's nomination for Senate. He was going with former Auburn coach Tommy Tuberville. The president's been complaining bitterly about Sessions recusing himself from the Russia probe. Despite not having the president's support, Sessions portrayed himself as a Trump backer, but it wasn't enough. Sessions conceding Tuesday night. I look forward to helping Tommy Tuberville win this race. It's important for Alabama, but it's also important for America. Tuberville goes up against incumbent Democratic Senator Doug Jones in November. Jill Nato, Fox News. The president's former doctor, Ronnie Jackson, may be going to Congress, winning a Republican primary in Texas, where Democrat M.J. Hagar won a primary runoff and will challenge Republican Senator John Cornyn, while in Maine, Democrat Sarah Gideon won and will take on GOP Senator Sarah Susan Collins. Epcot and Hollywood Studios reopened today at Disney World in Florida, days after the Magic Kingdom and Animal Kingdom opened their gates, and Mickey Mouse is back in France. Disneyland Paris was closed for nearly four months, shut down in the spring with the rest of Disney's resorts as the coronavirus spread. But French attractions are now reopening, from the Eiffel Tower to the Louvre Museum. Disney says tickets must be bought in advance, and anyone over the age of 11 must wear a mask. Social distancing is in effect on rides. The reopening coming one day after Disneyland Hong Kong closed again amid rising infection numbers in that city. In London, Simon Owen, Fox News. The Wall Street Dow futures up about 400 points ahead of today's trading. I'm Dave Anthony. This is Fox News. Your 24-7 news source on air, online, and with the Cape Hill News app. Now the headlines from the Cape Hill News Center. Good Wednesday morning. I'm Rob Kirkpatrick on Acadiana's Morning News. Your forecast for today, 93 degrees, partly cloudy with just a 20% chance of showers. Your full forecast is coming up from Daniel Phillips over in the Storm Team 3 Weather Lab. The latest number of coronavirus cases reported in Louisiana increased by 2,215 yesterday. The number of deaths increased by 22. Numbers come out at noon each day from the Louisiana Department of Health. Yesterday, a total of 3,337 people in our state have died officially of COVID-19 as of Tuesday. Miles Perrette is making plans for an adjusted Games of Acadiana. The actual scavenger hunt won't begin until August 1st. It will last through August 20th, and for each mission you complete, you'll earn points. Those points will earn you entries into drawings for some incredible prizes. There are over 50 you could win, including $10,000 cash. For more information on joining the hunt, you can visit milesperrette.org slash GAA for more information, or you can call 337-984-1920. School districts that refuse to implement Bessie's minimum requirements for reopening, like the mask mandate, could get sued. Matt Doyle has more. State Superintendent of Education Cade Brumley says they can't force districts to enforce mask wearing, but refusal to do so would lead to them losing protection against civil COVID-related lawsuits. In reality, many of the enforcement decisions are going to come in the courts. But not everyone was happy about the announcement at yesterday's Bessie meeting. This parent says it'll hinder their child's education. I have a teenager 
It is hard enough for her to understand somebody talking face-to-face to her with a mask on, much less my six-year-old going into first grade. I'm Matt Doyle. On a day when Louisiana reported 2,200 more COVID-19 cases, Vice President Mike Pence expressed confidence that the state will slow down the spread of the virus. Pence encouraged Louisiana residents to listen to the guidance from state officials, and that means wearing a mask in public. People of Louisiana know how to slow the spread. They know how to flatten the curve. They did it before, and we're very confident Louisiana is going to do it again. Pence flew into Baton Rouge Tuesday morning and held a roundtable discussion at LSU's Tiger Stadium. It included Governor Edwards, Education Secretary Betsy DeVos, and other higher education leaders. The VP stressed the importance of getting kids back in the classroom. We believe it's absolutely in the best interest of students academically uh, and in terms of every aspect of their personal well-being to get kids back in the classroom in K-12 and to get students back on campuses. Members of Louisiana's congressional delegation were also on hand. Congressman Steve Scalise also discussed the importance of getting kids back in the classroom. Not only do they need that instruction, uh, but we've seen uh, psychiatrists giving studies. We've seen pediatrics studies that have shown the damage it causes to our kids not being in school. Eligible Louisiana frontline workers can apply for a $250 COVID-19 rebate beginning today. Kevin Barnhart has the story. Secretary of Revenue Kimberly Robinson says there's a broad range of workers eligible for the money, including health care workers, first responders, bus drivers, grocery store workers, and others. Those persons that went out and did the work when the stay-at-home order was in effect. You had to work from March 22nd through May 14th in one of those jobs. You had to work at least 200 hours during that time period. Applications can be submitted online at frontlineworkers.la.gov or can be done by mail with a printable form found on the website. I'm Kevin Barnhart. Oil prices are rising after a bigger-than-expected drop in U.S. crude inventories. International benchmark Brent crude is up 64 cents a barrel to 43.54, and West Texas Intermediate crude up 65 cents to 40.94 a barrel. The American Petroleum Institute reported Tuesday that U.S. crude stocks fell more than 8.3 million barrels last week. Oil industry analysts had expected a drop of less than 2.3 million barrels. Today should wrap up the state's current run of excessive temperatures. Heat indices have been between 105 and 115 over the last few days. State climatologist Barry Kime warns that heat index values in this range can be extremely dangerous. We ask people to just be sensible, drink plenty of fluids, avoid being outside at those peak temperature hours, and remain indoors if, uh, if you're particularly heat sensitive. Kime says by this time tomorrow, the temperatures and heat index should become a little bit more seasonable as a very persistent heat wave spanning from Louisiana to Arizona begins to weaken and the state will go back to our more typical types of weather. The chances of afternoon thunder showers will go up and cloudiness will go up and that'll knock those temperatures down by just a little bit. But just remember that even once we drop these temperatures down later in this week, we're still only dropping them down a half a notch. Kime says Louisiana is basically at the climate peak in terms of temperatures and heat index values. We're going to be in this period here probably for about the next month. So it's the dog days of summer. Just grin and bear it and be smart about it. Daniel Phillips is watching our local forecast and he has an update. Good morning, Daniel. Well, it's certainly still going to be hot outside. I don't think that the heat is going to be quite as intense today as it has been over the last couple of days starting to break. 
that pattern out just a little bit. All of that being said, though, still mostly sunny skies with highs getting up to around 93. That heat index is still going to be sitting about 100 to 105. But again, slight improvement from where it's been over the last couple of days. We've got a 20% chance for an isolated shower or two later on in the afternoon. Most of us will be staying dry, though. And then our overnight lows will get down into the upper 70s. Looking ahead into tomorrow, we've got some widely scattered showers expected across Acadiana. That will be tomorrow afternoon into early parts of the evening. Quiet then for the weekend before a return to the more widespread shower activity through next week. From the Storm Team 3 Weather Lab, I'm KTC Meteorologist Daniel Phillips on News Talk 96.5 KPL. News Talk 96.5 KPL. Right now traffic. And just one accident to pass along to you right now. Vehicle accident in the 200 block of West Willow. Again, in the 200 block of West Willow, if you're in that area, maybe try to avoid it as they get that cleaned up. Hey, this traffic report is brought to you by Seize the Deal and Eat Lafayette. Teaming up to offer you 10 incredible buy one, get one free deals from 10 local restaurants. All right, listen to these. La Pizzeria Karen Crow, Burgersmith, Tabuli Lebanese Cuisine, Poor Boys Riverside Inn, Gary's World Famous Plate Lunches and Hamburgers, Blue Basil Wine and Grill, Young Sports Grill, Ciro's Bistro, Broadus Burgers, and Acadiana Bar and Grill. You can get your buy one, get one deal starting at 6 o'clock on Friday morning at SeizeTheDeal.com. Find a link at KPELT965.com. Another Seize the Deal for your friends at Town Square Media and News Talk 96.5 KPELT. Six fourteen on Wednesday, July 15th, 2020. I'm Rob Kirkpatrick here in studio with you for this 6 o'clock hour. Bernie will jump in at 7, and we have a ton to do today. First up, in just a few minutes, we're going to talk to Dr. Jason West. And, you know, it's the million-dollar question right now. Should schools reopen this fall despite the spike in COVID-19 cases? Um, Dr. Jason West, a fourth-generation owner of a clinic, um, he comes from a family of medical professionals, and so we're going to ask because there are obviously so many uh different considerations right you have considerations for the health of kids we know the situation in new york city um, as we talked to tanya j powers yesterday where they have actually had several kids with a covid related illness um not covid19 or those serious effects but something there um and then you talk about the psychiatric side you talk about the need for kids to have structure and the need for kids to go to school um there are a lot of considerations there and we're going to talk to dr west about what he thinks, what he's seeing, and what schools could do. Those uh, recommendations yesterday by Bessie, a lot of different things, and we're going to run through some of them with him, but a lot of the recommendations for how to keep people safe, okay? So you have to keep the kids safe. You have to keep your employees safe, which is a teacher, faculty, and staff. Um, And at the same time, people need to go back to work. So um, I'm interested to hear his suggestion and also – you know, I have uh, been talking to some different people here in our own area, you know, who may own a daycare center and say, wait, hold up. We're going to help our families and give school age kids a place to go so their parents can work. So then that sort of leads you back to square one. What's the difference if if they are allowed to go to daycare centers and um, you know, learn in that environment? Why not schools? So we're going to have that conversation coming up in just a few minutes. Then we're going to talk to Kelly Hyman. Um, and here's the big question. Um, so yesterday, Joe Biden rolled out his big economic plan. And, you know, there are two words on there that will make a lot of people in this part of the country say, nope, 
I was going to give it a shot, but nope. And that is talking about clean energy. And um, what, uh, unfortunately, folks have seen in this part of the world is what you mentioned, clean energy. A lot of times what you're talking about is, you know, an elimination of the oil and gas industry, which is what a lot of this economy has been built on for years. Yes, we've diversified, but we still do have a substantial workforce in that industry. So we're going to ask Kelly Hyman about that. Um, and also just the general economic plan. Um, climate change came up. Um, different different issues came up as far as the economy, manufacturing, of course, that came up. So we're going to ask about that. But uh, all that and more this morning on Acadiana's Morning News. And then at 7 o'clock, a new segment called What Do You Shink? You may remember him, Ryan Schinkle. He joined us for Tech Tuesday here on Acadiana's Morning News. Well, he's back. We're talking about technology. We're talking about Apple and uh, how technology is playing a role in business during the pandemic. How is he seeing it working out? What about remote working? We're going to discuss all that and more coming up on the show. It is 617 on this Wednesday, July 15th, 2020. On deck, we're going to talk to that doctor who has some ideas, Dr. Jason West, about school reopening in the fall and what exactly that means for you. So we're going to talk to him coming up on the show. You're listening to Acadiana's Morning News. Implicit bias. We've all got it. Many hurl the term as an insult. I take it as a compliment. I'm Kavon Bordelon, and I like being a Catholic, conservative, fun-loving guy. So let's talk about that and everything surrounding those ideals. 11 a.m. Saturdays, Implicit Bias on News Talk 96.5 KPL. Um... Welcome back to Acadiana's Morning News. It is 6.20 now, and Dr. Jason West joins us on the phone as we're you know, right smack in the middle of the debate about schools in the fall. First of all, good morning to you, doctor. We appreciate your time. Thanks for joining us. You're welcome, and thanks for having me on. And it's such a common question right now. <laughs> Everybody's asking me, hey, what are we going to do with my kids? Is it, I, I, can't, I don't know if I can handle them being at home. I don't know if I can handle them being at school. You know, it is it is hard. Yesterday here in the state of Louisiana, Bessie, which is the Board of Elementary and Secondary Education, uh, met and put out like a series of minimum requirements. They focused on group sizes, group composition, physical standards for school facilities, and symptom monitoring. Now, I'll, I'll tell you this, doctor. I mean, you can find it all, by the way, on our website, kpal965.com. But one of the things that stood out to me was the COVID-19 symptoms monitoring. So it says, quote, upon arriving at school, each student and adult must be assessed for symptoms of COVID-19 as defined by the CDC to include an initial temperature check. Each school must also establish an isolation area for anyone showing signs of being sick. So I read that, doctor, and my first thought was, we've been having this conversation for months about asymptomatic people. And that that is what may be the cause for the outbreak, because if people don't know they have it, they don't know they can spread it. Is this an important part of a reopening plan? Well, I think that it's, I think everybody's doing what they can. I don't think there's anybody that it doesn't want to, you know, facilitate a return to being normal. Um, the first reaction that I have to that is the testing is so, I, I just don't even know if it's accurate. And, and even the CDC on the website says that if you have a positive COVID-19 test, that means you have antibodies to the coronavirus or it means that you have a previous exposure to the coronavirus family that can cause the common cold. Mm -hmm. So the first thing that I say is, oh, my gosh, I don't know if the infection rates are really indicative of the COVID-19 
forecasts. And then the second thing is we've got to be focusing on people's immune systems and making them, allowing them to be healthy so that we can return back to a normal integration to society. And I think that we should be sending kids back to school. So there's obviously the big debate. You obviously you're talking about schools. You're talking about the health and safety of students. Um, but uh, the school districts also have to recognize their role as an employer. Okay, so they have, you know, in many communities, they are the largest employer just because of how many people you have on multiple campuses. Um, here in the state of Louisiana, we have passed a law where it sort of indemnifies the school district from any um, com- complaint lawsuit about someone contracting the virus on a school campus but it doesn't seem watching some of my teacher friends and the things they say on social media i it doesn't seem like that is comforting at all well it's it's comforting to the school district and the administration and Mm -hmm. and basically quote the system and i understand i have a really good friend that's a school teacher that is sharing concerns about you know, if if you look at the data, if we take out the nursing and rest home infections, it is a really it's like point zero zero six percent likelihood of, of being in school age population. It's this it's more likely that your kid can get in, injured in a car accident or motor vehicle accident on the way to school than to actually have the coronavirus. But the teacher population is a little bit higher risk than the kid population. Mm -hmm. And so I certainly understand that. And again, for teachers that are listening, now is the time to do everything possible to get your immune system working, making sure you have enough water to protect your mucous membranes, making sure you got enough vitamin D and vitamin C and all of these things that we should be talking more about prevention instead of saying, hey, it's all about dependent on the social distancing that's dependent on a vaccine development. Now, what we should be saying is it's your immune system. If your immune system's healthy, the likelihood of you being affected by the coronavirus are super low. Doc, you know what I've, I've said since this outbreak first started, that I think as Americans, we're finally confronted with how sick people live walking around, talking, living their lives, going to work, and then you see issues. I mean, we have a a big problem with obesity in South Louisiana, with diabetes, with heart issues, and it's sort of become a part of our culture to where, you know, uh, I would say you put uh, 10 people in a room and say, hey, who's on a blood pressure pill? Uh, You're going to have more than half. You say (laughs) say yes, or or maybe they're not on on the pill, but they have high blood pressure, And and that is a big risk factor here. No question, and and you are exactly right. One of the the panic problems associated with the coronavirus it is it is a report card for people. How are you on the health spectrum? Mm-hmm. And there's not a magic pill. There's not a magic treatment for for this. And so people that have you know inappropriate lifestyle choices that are not as healthy as they could be, you're at higher risk, and it really sets off panic buttons for people and and you're right this is a wake-up call of saying our society as a whole isn't healthy this is why we're having such big problems with it so start making better lifestyle choices reduce your sugar intake get your water intake up move more like if we would start focusing on that we would be have so much less confusion and misinformation about the coronavirus dr jason west we have to leave it there for time um, integrative medicine physician and fourth generation owner of the West Clinic. We appreciate your time today and um, and good luck. Stay safe. All right. You, see, you too. See you later. All right. It's 626 now at News Talk 96.5 KPL.
you know, there are so many facets of this and you know anyone who you know who you respect who you see you know saying that they have the ultimate answer to all this they don't okay um it's obviously why we're having this conversation trust me i think that our state leaders and our federal government the white house coronavirus task force if there was a quick fix on this thing i think they would much rather be doing whatever research and and uh, trials they were doing before this, I'm sure they'd rather be doing that again. So uh, we'll continue to have the conversation and bring you different perspectives here on Acadiana's Morning News. Hey, details on one of the viruses, or excuse me, one of the vaccines for COVID-19 had a, another really cool piece of good news. Um, Dr. Fauci yesterday said, you know, this is a great piece of news. It's the company Moderna. And uh, a vaccine that they have it in 45 people. Okay, so pretty limited study, but this is a human trial. So, you know, bigger deal than something we're trying in rats or other animals. So um, in the human trial, 45 uh, people, um, that number divided up into three, three groups of 15. And uh, they gave them different amounts of this vaccine. And apparently in all three groups, they had, quote, robust response in the antibodies. So um, that's some good news. By the way, um, all this has a little price tag on it. Uh, stock for that company, Moderna, skyrocketed yesterday with that news. And uh, the reason it's a big deal today, because we've sort of told you about the success of Moderna and of this vaccine in the past. Before, when the information came out, it had not been peer-reviewed yet. So, I mean, this was the company saying, here's what we... Here's what we have found out, and, of course, a huge response. But you always have to be careful about that because, you know, you always think your kids are the cutest. You know what I'm saying? And so um, it goes through the peer review process. Outsiders look at it, look at the information, look at the study materials, and uh, and story of success coming out from a peer-reviewed medical journal yesterday. So pretty cool. Maybe we're getting that one step closer. It's 629 now at Newstalk 96.5 KPL. Going to take a quick break here and be back with your headlines after this quick break. You're listening to Acadiana's Morning News on Newstalk 96.5 KPEL. Back after this. World events, national headlines, and local news that affects you the most. Hey, it's Robin Bernie, and you're listening to Acadiana's Morning News. I listen every morning. I like to stay informed. Wake up with us weekday mornings at 5.30 for the headlines on Newstalk 96.5. It's the bottom of the hour. Now, the top stories from KPL965.com. Good morning. I'm Rob Kirkpatrick with this news update. State education leaders at Bessie approved a minimum health and safety standard for the reopening of schools this fall. The list of recommendations will apply to traditional, public, charter, and non-public schools in the state. Specific requirements within the policy are defined according to the state's reopening plan and what phase we're in. One provision that has people responding the most has to do with group sizes. The maximum group size that may convene indoors in a single room or outdoors at any time. If we're in phase one, it's 10 individuals. Our current phase, phase two, 25 individuals. And if we make it to phase three, 50 individuals in one room. Essential employees, frontline workers, healthcare professionals, and others who have been on the job during the coronavirus pandemic in Louisiana may now apply for a one-time hazard payment of $250. That money coming from the state. To be eligible to receive the payment, you must earn less than $50,000 a year and must have been on the job between March 11th and May 14th, 2020, and clocked in at least 200 hours. A soldier from Louisiana Army National Guard's 39th Military Police Company was found dead in his room at a base in San Antonio. 
Sergeant Kelvanta Ellis, 22-year-old from Westlake, was found dead on July 12th. He served five years in Louisiana National Guard as a military police non-commissioned officer. Few details are known at this time. An investigation is underway. President Trump is going to meet with the family of Vanessa Gillian, the Houston native and Fort Hood soldier that was killed by a fellow soldier back in April. Yesterday, the family's attorney announced they will meet with the president on July 29th. The family is helping sponsor a bill known as the hashtag I am Vanessa Gillen bill intended to bring greater protection for active duty military members. A media event about the bill is planned for July 30th when the measure will be introduced in Congress in Washington, D.C. Vice President Mike Pence continued to hammer the fact that kids need to be back in the classroom on schedule for the fall semester during yesterday's visit to Baton Rouge. Here's Kevin Barnhart with more. Governor Edwards, we support your efforts here in Louisiana to slow the spread, to protect the vulnerable, to keep opening up your economy and opening up your schools. Penn says the White House believes it is in the best interest for students academically and in every aspect of their well-being to be back in the classroom. We're going to continue to make the testing and the PPE and the supplies available to support uh, the reopening of schools all across this state. Our state is much better off today because of that assistance and because of your work and the work of your task force. I'm Kevin Barnhart. The CDC is now calling on all Americans to put on a mask to help slow the spread of coronavirus. CDC leaders wrote an editorial in the Journal of the American Medical Association. They argued studies show universal masking could lead to the U.S. getting the outbreak under control. That process could take as little as four to eight weeks. Former Attorney General Jeff Sessions is accepting defeat in the fight to get his old Senate seat back. He conceded to former Auburn football coach Tommy Tuberville in the Alabama Republican primary runoff election. Tuberville will face off against Senator Doug Jones in November. If you've been putting off doing your taxes, well, the last minute is finally here. Today is the deadline to file your 2019 taxes or request an extension. The government added three months to the usual April 15th deadline because of the coronavirus pandemic. The IRS says about 142 million people filed their returns before the 4th of July. It warns that it may take longer to process the late returns because of reduced staff caused by the pandemic. Delta Airlines is reporting its worst quarter in company history. The Georgia-based airline revealed yesterday it lost $5.7 billion between April and June, just as the coronavirus pandemic crippled the airline industry. The workforce is being cut down as Delta hopes to reduce numbers by around 17,000 through buyouts and early retirements. Passenger numbers have risen a little, but CEO Ed Bastian believes a recovery could be two years away. Judge is throwing out a $19 million settlement between Harvey Weinstein and women who accused him of sexual abuse. This after an accuser's attorney argued the terms were unfair. The proposed settlement comes out of a civil rights lawsuit originally brought against Weinstein by the New York Attorney General's office back in 2018. Several of the accuser's attorneys vigorously opposed the terms of the settlement, calling it one of the most unfair and one-sided agreements they had ever seen. And finally, the original cast soundtrack of Hamilton is number two on the Billboard Top 200. After the play was released on Disney Plus earlier this month, it's the highest charting musical album since Hair back in 1969. Streaming also went up 294% in the U.S. for the week ending on July 9th. Hamilton is marking its 250th week anniversary on the Billboard Top 200 chart. Mostly sunny skies across Acadiana today. It looks like our highs are going to be getting up to around 93 degrees. That heat index will sit 
at about 104 to 105 in the afternoon. We've got a 20% chance for an isolated shower late today. Most of us will be staying dry, though. As we go overnight tonight, we're in the upper 70s. Better rain chances on the way for tomorrow. In fact, I think widely scattered showers expected for your Thursday afternoon and early evening. From the Storm Team 3 Weather Lab, I'm KTZ Meteorologist Daniel Phillips on News Talk 96.5 KPL. News Talk 96.5 KPL. Right now, traffic. And we're getting the all clear at this time. The roads of Acadiana look like everyone's pretty much playing nice. Let's keep it that way. The sun is up. And the roads are clear at this point. If there's anything we need to know about, you can give us a call at 232-1542. This report sponsored by LifeLock. Only watching your credit to help protect your identity? Well, you could miss certain threats. Save on LifeLock identity theft protection at their summer sale. Go to LifeLock.com. Promo code RISK. That sale ends on July 20th. You're listening to American Ground Radio's Morning Minute. As the governor and mayors across the state implement more and more mask mandates, the question is, are they constitutional? No, those laws are not constitutional. How would you feel about being forced to publicly disclose your medical history or your mental health condition or have to explain your religious beliefs to the practices of a business where you buy your groceries or medicines as a precondition to them allowing you to remain in the store without wearing a mask in the first place. Look, if government can't do this legally, the real question going forward, should they be doing it at all? And since they are doing it, who's going to stop them? American Ground Radio, where building a better America begins with building a better us. Return each Sunday from 1 to 2 p.m. with Louis R. Avalone and Stephen Paul on News Talk 96.5 KPL and streaming live at KPL96.5.com. Okay, men. This is your time. Maybe you didn't choose this, but you're here now. You're going to go out there and be an all-star caregiver. It's up to you. So what are you going to do? You're going to go grocery shopping, cook, clean, be there emotionally and physically. You got to dig deeper. Drive them to physical therapy, doctor's appointments. Don't you forget about the pharmacy. I know you won't because that's what caregivers do. Don't give up. Don't ever give up. This is your time to show the world, your family, and yourself that you're tougher than tough. Now go out there and be the best caregiver this world has ever seen. Caregiving is tougher than tough. Find the care guides you need at aarp.org caregiving. A public service announcement brought to you by AARP and the Ad Council. You might remember back in 2017, Apple admitted to intentionally slowing down the performance of certain phones when the battery is older or low on juice, Apple agreed to pay up to $500 million in a settlement. Today, you can get your cut. Your Wednesday Consumer Tech Update is brought to you by ExpressVPN. Create a secure encrypted tunnel between your device and the Internet. Get an extra three months free at expressvpn.com. If you owned an iPhone 6 or 7 before December 21st, 2017, Simply go to the website, smartphoneperformancesettlement.com, and fill out the form. They'll look up your phone's serial number for you. Depending on how many people participate in the Apple settlement, you may get around $25. The address, smartphoneperformancesettlement.com. And do this, too. On your phone, go to Settings, Battery, and Battery Health. This diagnostic tool tells you how your current battery is holding up and what you can do to improve it. I'm Kim Commando. What's the number one sign of a bad home security system? One that's so complicated, you never use it. 
This is exactly the type of security system Simply Safe has spent a decade fighting against. They believe that simple is safer, and that's exactly why Simply Safe is the home security for right now, when feeling safe at home has never been more important. Simply Safe was designed to be easy to use while protecting your whole home. Order online, open the box, place the sensors, plug it in, and your home's protected. No technician or salesperson has to come and disrupt your house. You don't need to pay any outrageous monthly fees or sign a two-year contract. Their 24-7 professional monitoring and emergency dispatch starts at 50 cents a day. Plus, Simply Safe's video verification allows their professional monitors to see crimes in progress and pass that directly to the police when needed. Don't put this off. Head to simplysafekim.com and get free shipping and a 60-day money-back guarantee. That's simplysafekim.com, simplysafekim.com. Six forty-two now at Newstalk ninety-six-five KPL. Hey, and I want to tell you about our friends over at Home Furniture. Homefern.com is where you can see their great selection. But I want to talk a little bit about something else, and that is one of the things that makes Home Furniture so great. Um, Acadiana owned, Acadiana operated, huge distribution center just north of I ten um, in Lafayette. And one of the coolest things is just how darn happy the employees are when you go over there. I mean, there are people that live here. There are people who work here, who love to serve customers here, everything. Um, you know, they didn't tell me to say this, but I, I think it's important. I saw on Facebook a couple of days ago, one of those big checks, you know, like one of those big like publishers clearinghouse checks, $34,000. And you know what it was? It was a donation to St. Jude Children's Research Hospital that was contributed to by the employees of Home Furniture. The actual employees took it out of their checks along the way. Big campaign, $34,000. I'm telling you guys, they don't just sell furniture. They serve this community. Homefern.com, if you want to support them and the work they continue to do. You need that piece of furniture. You need that new bed. You woke up this morning and thought, I can't sleep on that thing again. Homefern.com, 643 now at Newstalk 96.5. Welcome back to Acadiana's Morning News. It is 645. Bernie joins us in studio. And we're also joined on the phone by Kelly Hyman, who has been following um, the Biden campaign. First of all, good morning to you. Thanks so much for joining us. Good morning. Thanks for having me on the show. Hope you and your family are doing well and being safe and healthy. Hey, you know what? At the end of the day, as long as we all wake up and then we all go to sleep in our own beds, then I'm happy. Everything else that happens in between is just the universe doing its thing, you know? <laughs> I love that. Um, so yesterday we saw um, we saw a, a big announcement on the economy from the Biden campaign. And, you know, this has been one of those things. If we wouldn't have had COVID-19, like let's play hypothetical here, then the president would be able to run all year up until November 3rd on the economy. There are are very few arguments you could make that say, hold on, it's not better than it was. And and it continues to get better in many different sectors. Then you have the coronavirus. So things shifted a little bit and we're talking about other things. Um, the biggest criticism I saw, Kelly, is that the Biden economic plan is eerily similar to what Bernie Sanders was proposing. And that makes investors really nervous. What do you see from your perspective? 
Yeah, you know, I, I don't see it from that perspective. Mm-hmm. You know, I, I see that the Biden new plan includes a, a buy America aspect based on the premise that when you spend taxpayers' money, you should buy American products and support American jobs. Also, the fact to increase minimum wage to um, 15% and then also increase the corporate tax. That way, the corporations are paying higher taxes, and that will help the American um, people. We're, you know, we're dealing right now with a health crisis, an economic crisis, racial injustice, and a climate crisis. And the American people are, you know, hurting. Last month, the unemployment rate, according to the Bureau of Labor Statistics, was 11.1%. I mean, that surpasses a 10% peak record during the Great Depression. Mm-hmm. You know, a lot of people are are drawing those comparisons and we they were from the start okay when everything started to to crumble in the late april early or sorry late march early april time frame when you looked at layoffs and looked at different jobs but now you know we're a couple months away from that and a, a lot of times it's coming down to poll numbers um you know i i've said a, a ton of times on this show one poll is not a news story because it it yeah. really is just a snapshot of literally that exact moment, what's happening that day, what's happening in the news. But once you start to look at a trend, and that's something that the Trump campaign seems to be trying to to tackle. Because, I mean, this this poll that I have in front of me right now, um, CNBC All Economic Survey poll. So people asked specifically about the economy. Um it showed that Trump was leading Biden 44% to 38%. However, in many of the other polls, you have it almost exactly opposite. So what should these campaigns do? Yeah, you know, that's, I mean, I think that's a really good point. And as you pointed out, you know, in regards to polls, there's always a margin of error. I mean, another poll that, that I um, saw shows that, you know, them pretty close um in regards to the percentage um, on the economy. Mm -hmm. But I think that we need to put, you know, Americans um, first, and we also need to buy America. And I think that's important, and we need to think about the American the people and think about are you better off now than you are four years ago and i would guarantee you that most people will look at you and say no you know <laughs> people are struggling i mean you know thank goodness for our health care and our and our, our doctors and our and our first responders that are putting their life on the line to save people every day thank you for everything that you do for our great country um but people are hurting you know um people can't put food on their table or struggling to pay their rents and this is this is just hard times for the American people. Well, and that's something I think both campaigns are going to have to look at because we know on July 31st that at, at least right now the that pandemic unemployment added benefit that $600 a week is going to go away and um could lead to some more issues. Kelly Hyman, thanks so much for your time today. We have to leave it there for time. Um but good insight. Appreciate it. Thanks for having me. Be safe. Stay healthy. God bless. All right. Thanks. The KPL Topic Train is coming up next right here on News Talk 96.5 KPL. We're back with more coming up. Phone lines are open. Call the show at 232-1542. 232-1542. Then listen live anytime with the free KPL News app, free in the App Store or Google Play. Come. KPL Topic Train is running right on time. Driven by Bruce Hart Poche, LLP, certified public accountants. All right, it's 651 now at Newstalk 96.5 KPL. By the way, today is tax day, so... Yeah, get that stuff in, get hey, it done. if you need to file an extension, today's the day to make the call. <laughs> yep. Wait till tomorrow.
Um, by the way, yes, sir? I thought it was, I have it in my news, but um, the IRS said, by the way, the returns, like the refunds, yeah. can actually be delayed because they are working with a, with a skeleton crew yeah. because of the pandemic, you know? Bummer. Maybe you needed to keep that April date just to keep up with it all. Yeah, you know? no, it, it's crazy, isn't it? Then again, maybe the people will be excited about it. They'll have a little Christmas cash that shows up yeah, around November. right. That would be <laughs> nice, know? too. We'll you see. know, uh, 652 now at News Talk 96.5 KPL. Bernie. Yes, sir. Um, so that's that's the deal. Um, it's flesh out. Um, chomping at the bit or champing at the bit? Uh, chomping at the bit like mm-hmm. a horse, right? Well... It Tell turns me. out both are okay because the really? original phrase was champing. And oh. it's when a horse grinds its teeth on a piece of metal in its mouth. It's called champing. Yeah, because it's a bit that's in there. It's a bit. Um, set foot. Okay. Set foot in or step foot in. When you're saying you wouldn't oh. step foot somewhere. I always say step foot. Am I saying that wrong? Set. It's supposed to be set. I'm supposed to set foot. Yeah. I, I'm saying that wrong. Darn um, it. The rest of these are dumb because okay. I think the. Except for French benefits. Well, French <laughs> benefits. But you know what? We really should rock their world uh-huh. and explain to them what saving something means. Yes. What getting down. Get down. Means. It's not just dancing. Yes. You got to get down out your truck. Um, by the way, as someone who married into a very Cajun family. Yes. Like a family whose grandma. Uh-huh. Complains about their kids in French, so their uh, kids don't know. Oh, and talks yeah. about things you kids aren't supposed to know about in French. Mm-hmm. I was out of my league in yep. all those things. Oh. Getting down, saving, etc. Yes. Do y'all still save your groceries? Because you got to keep that up. Yeah, you got to do that. Um, if you bought an iPhone a few years ago, you can probably get $25 from Apple. Well, then bring me my $25. Back in 2017, Apple admitted that it was purposely slowing down older phones to improve battery life Remember well all that mm-hmm. they got sued class action lawsuit 500 million dollars works out to roughly 25 dollars for every iphone they throttled back um smartphone performance settlement.com is where you go to claim that i should go try to claim it just so we go to lunch on that 25 uh, that would be good unless you have to pay taxes on lunch i mean taxes on that thing do you have to pay tax? I don't know. That's a good question. I'm going to make a, I have an attorney friend. Okay. I'm going to ask him if you have Ex-him. to pay taxes on a legal judgment. Hmm. How does that play in? Uh, Probably have to place some sort of income tax on it. Yeah. Um. Let's see. Nick Cannon yes. fired. We told you yesterday about Tom Bergeron and, and, uh, and Aaron Andrews. Yeah. They were just, you know, I think they were just stale. They, they've yeah. been there for too long. Nick Cannon, though, um, uh, a reason... <laughs> Yes. Viacom CBS fired Nick Cannon as host of the show Wild and Out and Cannon's Class over statements he made of, quote, anti-Semitism, racism, and bigotry made on a talk show. Nick says he's not going to apologize. He said, I do not contone hate speech or the spread of hateful rhetoric. However, during that segment, he said, the Semitic people are black people. You can't be anti-Semitic when we're the Semitic people. We're the same people. It's our birthright. Uh, Viacom CBS said, uh, uh, not on our air. Okay. So anyway, another celebrity gone. Hey, yesterday, did you see on um, the Mythbusters guy? Yeah. Uh, reading more about him. He was a really cool guy. He was a robotic scientist. Um, uh-huh. His name was Great Grant Inahara. Uh, he was on Mythbusters for most of the seasons until the show ended. 
uh, with the original host. But um, anyway, people remembering him. He had a brain aneurysm. So Golly. unfortunate there. All right, 6.56 now. We're back with more. The Rush Morning Update is brought to you by Luxury Limo of Lafayette. Book your next traveling party at LuxuryLimoOfLafayette.net. Last Saturday, two police officers in McAllen, Texas, responded to a domestic dispute call. Both the officers were ambushed and murdered by the suspect who then took his own life. One of the slain officers, Ismael Chavez, leaves an 18-year-old daughter, Savannah Chavez. She posted an emotional tribute to her dad on social media, praising him as a hero who died doing the job he loved. She said that words could not describe her pain. She wrote that she would miss her dad very much, but she was glad that he was at peace. She closed with the words, blue lives matter. And within minutes, the ugliness of social media reared its hateful head. The grieving 18-year-old was attacked as a racist for saying blue lives matter. She was told that her father had a choice in becoming a cop, as if that justified his murder. Now, two things. First, the left wants to send social workers instead of police to domestic disturbances like this. Well, that's not going to end well. Second, the American left, these heartless liberals, will not even respect the feelings of a teenage girl who just lost her father. Vile, bitter, politically inspired hatred's all that counts in their world. Savannah Chavez's grief doesn't matter to them at all. And there's probably only 10 or 12 of them. That's the thing about this, making themselves look like tens of thousands. You know, the truth is, no lives of any color really matter to these people. And they shouldn't matter to us because they're non-entities. Who are they? We don't even know. Screw them. Sometimes in life, it's easy to settle for good enough. But with identity theft protection, good enough isn't enough. Data breaches appear to be happening more and more, placing your data in the wrong hands, and that leads to identity theft. Now, if you're only monitoring your credit, you could miss certain threats, like somebody selling your info on the dark web. LifeLock sees a wide range of identity threats. And if you end up with an identity theft issue, a restoration specialist dedicated to your case will work to fix it. Now, look, no one can prevent all identity theft or monitor all the transactions at all businesses. But shouldn't you have identity theft protection that's better than just good enough? Go to lifelock.com or call them at 800-440-4833. Use my name as the promo code. That's Rush. Save up to 25% off your first year. Lifelock.com. Promo code Rush. 25% off. Get the latest headlines online anytime with the KPL News app. Download it for free in the App Store and Google Play. KPEL FM. Brobridge Lafayette. A great win. I'm Dave Anthony, Fox News. President Trump tweeted that with an exclamation point. Happy his ex-Attorney General Jeff Sessions lost a bid to get his old Senate seat back. Fox's Evan Brown has more live. Yeah, Dave, Alabama's Republicans rally behind former Auburn University football coach Tommy Tuberville for the U.S. Senate. Thank you for your trust, your confidence, your message of change is loud and clear. Now, President Trump actively supported Tuberville over former senator and his first attorney general, Jeff Sessions, who ran afoul of the president by recusing himself in the Russia investigation. Sessions is now ready to help Tuberville. We must stand behind him in November. Tuberville faces Democrat incumbent Doug Jones in November, Dave.
Yeah, but the president also congratulated his former doctor in a tweet after Ronnie Jackson won a Republican congressional primary in Texas. And the president has taken swipes at his Democratic challenger while signing a bill and an executive order cracking down on China's new grip on Hong Kong. It's so imp- He described the rise of China as, quote, a very positive development. Not a positive development. Not for us, it's not. And he called Joe Biden bizarre, claiming his rival wants to kill American energy and defund police. Biden told WBTV, no, he doesn't. They need more funding, not less funding. They need more help. They need psychologists. They need people who are going to help them deal with those crises that exist. Now, the two also sparred over the coronavirus response as infections rise in much of America. Texas reported new cases that were record high and also hospitalizations. It's so important uh, that people in Texas, as elsewhere, wear a mask. That's Republican Governor Greg Abbott. The day after the first execution in a federal prison in 17 years, a judge has halted what would have been the second in two days, delaying Wesley Perky's lethal injection. His lawyers say he has dementia. America's listening to Fox News. It's happening. In just days, Publishers Clearinghouse will be ready to award $7,000 a week for life. That's $7,000 a week, week after week, for life. Don't miss your last chance to win. Go to PCH.com and enter before it's too late. That's PCH.com. Better hurry if you want the next big winner to be you. Enter now at PCH.com. Entries due 826. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited. It's the perfect time for a powerful business refresh during Dell Technologies' Cyber Savings Event. It starts now with up to 50% off high-performance Windows 10 business laptops, desktops, and servers, plus top-brand electronics. It's also your chance to streamline IT and simplify PC life cycles with PC as a service. Dell Technologies recommends Windows 10 Pro for business. Call 877-ASK-DELL for a Dell Technologies advisor who can help you find the right tech. That's 877-ASK-DELL or visit dell.com slash smallbusinessdeals. Mary Trump gets her first interview the same day the president's niece's book came out very critical of him. She told ABC News he should resign and recalled visiting her uncle in the White House back in 2017. I just remember thinking he seems tired. He seems like this is not what he signed up for, if he even knows what he signed up for. Now the president hits the road again today. The president's visit to Atlanta to announce a policy change designed to speed infrastructure projects will be the president's ninth trip to Georgia since taking office. It's the latest sign that Republicans are increasingly concerned about keeping Georgia in the GOP column in November. A Fox News poll released three weeks ago showed former Vice President Joe Biden leading the president among those surveyed by two percentage points. President Trump's last visit to Atlanta came on March 6th when he visited the Centers for Disease Control and Prevention as the coronavirus pandemic worsened. In Washington, John Decker, Fox News. A Virginia judge has upheld the state's new expanded background check law for gun sales, though it prevents enforcement on those 18 to 20 because federal law prohibits background checks on anyone under 21. In Missouri... Governor Mike Parson isn't pleased with reports that St. Louis couple Mark and Patricia McCloskey could face charges charges for waving guns while protesters marched past their mansion. But what they should not go through is a prosecutor attempting to take their constitutional rights away. When Parson was in the state legislature, he co-authored a law that justifies the use of deadly force when protecting one's home. He's also a staunch supporter of President Trump, and he spoke with the White House about this case. The president said that he would 
do everything he could within his powers to help with this situation. Rob Dawson, Fox News. Well, Wall Street stocks could soar again. Dow features up more than 500 points. I'm Dave Anthony. This is Fox News. Your 24-7 news source on air, online, and with the Cape Hill News app. Now the headlines from the Cape Hill News Center. Good Wednesday morning. I'm Rob Kirkpatrick on Acadiana's Morning News. Your forecast for today, 93 degrees, partly cloudy with just a 20% chance of showers. Your full forecast is coming up from Daniel Phillips over in the Storm Team 3 Weather Lab. The latest number of coronavirus cases reported in Louisiana increased by 2,215 yesterday. The number of deaths increased by 22. Numbers come out at noon each day from the Louisiana Department of Health. Yesterday, a total of 3,337 people in our state have died officially of COVID-19 as of Tuesday. Miles Perrette is making plans for an adjusted Games of Acadiana. The actual scavenger hunt won't begin until August 1st. It will last through August 20th, and for each mission you complete, you'll earn points. Those points will earn you entries into drawings for some incredible prizes. There are over 50 you could win, including $10,000 cash. For more information on joining the hunt, you can visit milesperrette.org slash GAA for more information, or you can call 337-984-1920. School districts that refuse to implement Bessie's minimum requirements for reopening, like the mask mandate, could get sued. Matt Doyle has more. State Superintendent of Education Cade Brumley says they can't force districts to enforce mask wearing, but refusal to do so would lead to them losing protection against civil COVID-related lawsuits. In reality, many of the enforcement decisions are going to come in the courts. But not everyone was happy about the announcement at yesterday's Bessie meeting. This parent says it'll hinder their child's education. I have a teenager. It is hard enough for her to understand somebody talking face-to-face to her with a mask on, much less my six-year-old going into first grade. I'm Matt Doyle. On a day when Louisiana reported 2,200 more COVID-19 cases, Vice President Mike Pence expressed confidence that the state will slow down the spread of the virus. Pence encouraged Louisiana residents to listen to the guidance from state officials, and that means wearing a mask in public. People of Louisiana know how to slow the spread. They know how to flatten the curve. They did it before, and we're very confident Louisiana is going to do it again. Pence flew into Baton Rouge Tuesday morning and held a roundtable discussion at LSU's Tiger Stadium. It included Governor Edwards, Education Secretary Betsy DeVos, and other higher education leaders. The VP stressed the importance of getting kids back in the classroom. We believe it's absolutely in the best interest of students academically uh, and in terms of every aspect of their personal well-being to get kids back in the classroom in K-12 and to get students back on campuses. Members of Louisiana's congressional delegation were also on hand. Congressman Steve Scalise also discussed the importance of getting kids back in the classroom. Not only do they need that instruction, uh, but we've seen uh, psychiatrists giving studies. We've seen pediatrics studies that have shown the damage it causes to our kids not being in school. Eligible Louisiana frontline workers can apply for a $250 COVID-19 rebate beginning today. Kevin Barnhart has the story. Secretary of Revenue Kimberly Robinson says there's a broad range of workers eligible for the money, including health care workers, first responders, bus drivers, grocery store workers, and others. Those persons that went out and did the work when the stay-at-home order was in effect, you had to work from March 22nd through May 14th in one of those jobs. You had to work at least 200 hours during that time period. Applications can be submitted online at frontlineworkers.la.gov or can be done by mail with a printable form found on the website. I'm Kevin Barnhart. 
Oil prices are rising after a bigger-than-expected drop in U.S. crude inventories. International benchmark Brent crude is up 64 cents a barrel to 43.54, and West Texas Intermediate crude up 65 cents to 40.94 a barrel. The American Petroleum Institute reported Tuesday that U.S. crude stocks fell more than 8.3 million barrels last week. Oil industry analysts had expected a drop of less than 2.3 million barrels. Today should wrap up the state's current run of excessive temperatures. Heat indices have been between 105 and 115 over the last few days. State climatologist Barry Kime warns that heat index values in this range can be extremely dangerous. When you ask people to just be sensible, drink plenty of fluid, avoid being outside at those peak temperature hours, and you know, remain indoors if, uh, if you're particularly heat sensitive. Kime says by this time tomorrow, the temperatures and heat index should become a little bit more seasonable as a very persistent heat wave spanning from Louisiana to Arizona begins to weaken, and the state will go back to our more typical types of weather. The chances of afternoon thunder showers will go up and cloudiness will go up, and that'll knock those temperatures down by just a little bit. But just remember that even once we drop these temperatures down later in this week, we're still only dropping them down a half a knot. Kime says Louisiana is basically at the climate peak in terms of temperatures and heat index values. We're going to be in this period here probably for about the next month. So it's the dog days of summer. Just grin and bear it and be smart about it. Daniel Phillips is watching our local forecast and he has an update. Good morning, Daniel. Well, it's certainly well, it's still certainly going to be still hot going outside. Be hot I don't outside. think that don't the think heat that is the going heat to be going. quite as intense today as it has been over the last couple of days starting to break that pattern up just a little bit all of that being said though still mostly sunny skies with highs getting up to around 93 that heat index is still going to be sitting about 100 to 105 but again slight improvement from where it's been over the last couple of days we've got a 20 percent chance for an isolated shower or two later on in the afternoon most of us will be staying dry though and then our overnight lows will get down into the upper 70s looking ahead into tomorrow we've got some widely scattered showers expected across acadiana that will be tomorrow afternoon into early parts of the evening quiet then for the weekend before a return to the more widespread shower activity through next week from the storm team three weather lab i'm ktc meteorologist daniel phillips on news talk 96.5 kpal Ryan Schinkel joins us on the phone. Ryan, I'm liking how this is feeling. It sort of feels like old times it, in a weird way. It really does. I feel like I'm in the same room with you. <laughs> well, it's the next best thing. So we're going to give this a run and call it um, What Do You Shink? Ryan Schinkel joining us on the phone. He used to be the voice of Tech Tuesday uh, coming on to talk about the latest tech. We talked about a ton of drones. That was probably two years ago here on the show. But... um. I mean, now there's just so much to talk about, and I gotta, I gotta say, um, the theme song of all this, if you, if it seems vaguely familiar, it is um, "Simple Plan," and uh, and I don't know, it just sort of makes me feel like, um, you know, uh, Ryan Shingle is just like one of these these people that I, I met on a board several years ago, and ever, you know, ever since we said hello and sat next to each other at a long conference table, it. We have just found endless things in common, which, you know what, I, I've just sort of learned that that's rare in life. So I appreciate you taking the time. Oh, it's my pleasure. And I tell you, I like 
this time of the day much better than when I had to come in very early in the morning for Tech Tuesday. Well, well, you know, we're working on things. We're working on things. Technology helps as well. So let's jump into some tech talk because I, um, you know, I, I feel like you were the biggest Apple lover that I know. Okay. It was like when the when the iPad Pro came out that had the, the pin, what, what does it have a name? Isn't it a branded like Apple pin or something very easy? iPin? Apple pencil. Apple, Apple pencil. Okay. Correct me. Um, you were the first person I ever knew to have one. And, and I, I said, you know, I don't know if I could ever do that. It's just not going to be the same as paper. I don't know what the point of it is. Now you're talking to someone who for about 18 months, like has to run around to make sure that the, the pencil is there and it just works perfectly. So let's talk about Apple. What's the deal with Apple these days? Because it almost seems like the, I don't know, I guess to an outsider that maybe there's not so much like, you know, you have a new product coming out, everyone's running to get it. And maybe that's because no one's physically running. They're running to their iPads and they're placing orders for these new products. Yeah, that's part of it. And I'll give you a, a real quick um, product pitch. If you have the Apple Pencil and you use your iPad or iPad Pro uh, for note taking, especially if you're a you know student or using a, a business environment, there's a really great uh, screen protector called Paperlike. That okay. one, it cuts down on the glare off of the iPad, um, especially mm-hmm. if you use it for reading that type of thing or watching movies. Uh, but it also gives the surface of the iPad a little bit of texture. So when you're writing on it with the pencil, it's more like that pencil on paper feeling. Interesting. I've used it. I okay. really, I don't have it on mine, but I've used it and it's a, it's a pretty nice, uh, product if you use yours, um, quite a bit. But yeah, I mean, to, I, I agree with you, right? I mean, when, when you and I were, were real excited about new iPhones, uh, for the first several generations, it, it used to mean standing on a really long line. And it was <laughs> it was an event, though, right? It was some place yep. to be. You went with your friends. You all uh, got coffees and you'd stand in line to get the, the newest iPhone. Um, and it's like the stores kind of like they changed their purpose. When you went to the stores, it was like, well, well, you want a MacBook? Well, that there's like four people in line to do that, but there's 97 people trying to get the newest iPhone. So it was a thing. Yeah, it it really was. It was something I think you've you've definitely got a certain segment of the population who's really excited about always carrying the newest device in their pocket. Mm-hmm. I'll also say yep. for for quite a while from iPhone release to iPhone release, these were relatively evolutionary steps you know you went i mean the first iphone was a a 2g device right it crawled on uh, on mobile internet unless you're on wi-fi but we didn't know that at the time it was as fast as we ever knew it was pretty quick but you know the thing of it is apple is usually not the first one to market with one of these new products i mean the first 4g phone i had was was not an apple i had that uh 4g Evo, I forget who even, I think HTC. Oh, yes. And that was like the first 4G yes. and it was a big screen. And that's when the iPhone was still on 3G. So there were 3G devices when the first iPhone came out, but they went with a, a 2G network. Then the second iPhone, of course, there was no iPhone 2, right? They went from iPhone to mm-hmm. iPhone 3G. It was a big yep. deal that they went to the to the 3G speed. 
And then after that, you went, of course, they had the S series in between. But if you skip those, right, when you went to four, then it was four or four S when you started to get Siri. And then the five was a larger form factor. And so they, they went through these, these steps and the camera uh, like doubled in quality every single year. You mm-hmm. had these incredible advances yep. um, every single year. And iPhone was so different and the rest of the market so fragmented. Uh, you had the the Windows Phone. The biggest competition, you remember, was was of course BlackBerry, and and the iPhone. I think in its way, when it came out, was very much the anti BlackBerry, right? Your your well, dad. Yeah, there was had no a, no keyboard, you know. Exactly. It, but some people, it was hard for people to let go of that because they found it so easy to do emails. I'll admit, at first, I was a BlackBerry guy, and you know, moving over to the iPhone, it was like, gosh, how am I going to know where the where the buttons are? And, you know, Apple did that. They made the clicks. You know, they made the the letter pop up larger on the screen when you hit it. So now, I mean, it's second nature. You know where things are. You're right. But same for me. I mean, it felt very foreign typing directly on glass when I was used to the to the BlackBerry. I mean, before that, I had one of those Palm Treo things um, mm-hmm, when it mm-hmm. was they couldn't. It was still a, this mix up between a phone and a PDA. But so. You know, to to go back to your question on on why are the releases not as big of a deal as they used to be, I think there's been an incredible amount of change. I mean, one, the the smartphone market has gotten in a lot of ways commoditized, where everybody is is carrying a five to six inch candy bar style phone with a full touch screen in their pocket, um, and the the cost to do that is not as high as it once was. You can go and get a relatively yeah. inexpensive handset that does the majority of what you can get out of an iPhone on a different uh, operating system, right? You have to be on Android or something like that. But mm-hmm. uh, most people who can have, who who want a smartphone now have one, uh, at least in this country, right? It's not this great luxury that it used to be. Uh, so it's gotten commoditized. I also think that a lot of the, and you and I were, were exchanging a text message about this. I think a lot of the excitement factor or the novelty is is gone. I mean, you and I were, what, in our 20s when the first iPhone came out, and that was a big yep. deal. Now, if you look at the the consumers who are really demanding the newest, greatest uh, technology, they're younger than we are and have had a smartphone probably as long as they can remember. And they've always had a way better camera than we ever had. You know, or ever even had access to, honestly, just because the technology has sped up so fast and it's become so much cheaper. No, 100%. 100%. And having an iPhone, I think, used to be more of a fashion statement than it is Mm -hmm. today. Um, It's it's more utility. And it's also, like, I have the um, the 11 Pro Max. Okay. Mm -hmm. I I also have... So you're basically like the most equipped real estate agent ever to take the most wide-angle shots of your bathroom. Definitely could do that and potentially potentially have even without the need to post them. But I also have a um, the 10s Max. I still have one of those. And is the is the user experience that much greater with the 11 than the 10? I know. I know. No, it's not. You start to look at these reviews and it's about the backlighting. I mean, like, that's what it, it has come down to the minutia of something so small as, well, the colors are more vibrant in this one than the other one. I wouldn't upgrade because of this. And you're like, well, well hold a second. Your boy Rob here is colorblind. It's all going to be the same to me. I'm going to get the cheaper one that, you know, that 
gets gets me excited, you know? Right. And the they're, they're not evolutionary changes any longer. I mean, in, in some ways it's almost comical. Okay, I've got a third lens on the back now, so so what's next, <laughs> right? Yeah. I mean, even yep, the newest iPad, sure. I've, I've got the 2018 iPad Pro, even the newest one, the biggest difference is that it has LiDAR on the back of it. Um, mm-hmm. So you're getting to a point to where uh, the, the releases are just not that exciting anymore. And I also think that the the industry has gotten really smart in a couple of ways that for me, getting the new phone is almost just a matter of habit because I do the program with AT&T where I just am able to get the new one every year, which yep. has kind of yep. taken some of the excitement out of it. You know, you no longer have to go stand in line because you can get everything from the app store. Many, many and times And it usually can be shipped to you on the day it comes out. That's too. exactly right. That's exactly right. So the the experience, you know, and another thing that happened, Rob, and I'll have to look. There was a documentary, perhaps you've seen it, that was made around um, around the iPhone releases and and the number of paid line standers that were standing in line and going in and buying the maximum number of iPhones and shipping yep. them yep. overseas and. This became a profession, right? And so for the the person in their, you know, in their twenties who was really excited about the iPhone and was in line which with a bunch of other Apple enthusiasts, uh I held myself back from saying nerd. Uh but with a well, you know with a bunch of other Apple enthusiasts fits. and and kind of <laughs> making a day of it, uh, yeah. was replaced by these professional line standards, which kind of, I think, cheapens the whole experience. No, it does. It does. Um, Ryan Schinkle joins us on the phone. We're talking about technology today. Um, We're going to tackle a a ton more topics. We're going to take a quick break right now. When we come back, I want to talk about technology in the age of coronavirus. It seems like we're all comfortable with Zoom now. Um, but what about other things we're used to in business? Um, Ryan is in that world, in the corporate world, and you know there's something that is notably missing from calendars for the rest of 2020. That's corporate conventions that happen, conferences that happen. We're going to get his thoughts on all that and how technology plays a role. Coming up on the show, you're listening to Acadiana's Morning News, and we're asking, what do you shame? You're listening to American Ground Radio's Morning Minute. As the governor and mayors across the state implement more and more mask mandates, the question is, are they constitutional? No, those laws are not constitutional. How would you feel about being forced to publicly disclose your medical history or your mental health condition or have to explain your religious beliefs to the practices of a business where you buy your groceries or medicines as a precondition to them allowing you to remain in the store without wearing a mask in the first place? Look, if government can't do this legally, the real question going forward, should they be doing it at all? And since they are doing it, Who's going to stop them? American Ground Radio, where building a better America begins with building a better us. Return each Sunday from 1 to 2 p.m. with Louis R. Abalone and Stephen Paul on News Talk 96.5 KPL and streaming live at KPL96.5.com. It's open enrollment season and MediShare is a Christian healthcare sharing ministry that saves most families about $500 a month. Google MetaShare and see if it's a fit for you. 
Welcome back to What Are You Sheen? Ryan Schinkel joins us on the phone. And by the way, I must say, I did not run the title by you before. Are you good with it? Like, does it get a thumbs up? I, it is your name. It's pretty funny because I've used in other things. I've used like uh, Shink about it. Um, I've, <laughs> I've got an Instagram handle that's uh, Shink about sales. So, uh, so oh, Shink about sales. I, That'll have to be a conversation for another day. Yeah, I have used it a little bit, so I, th- I think it's funny. So you're good. All right. So what do you shink about technology in the age of coronavirus? Um, we talked in the last segment about smartphones, about just sort of how it's expected that people have smartphones now. Um, is it helping us? Is it hurting us? And, and you know, what is it? What is the outlook? I mean, have things changed now that we're going forward? So it's really interesting, and it actually dovetails into what we were just talking about. Um, I don't know if you've seen this the the film Greyhound, the new Tom Hanks movie. That was yes. Okay, so I, I watched it's a, it. It's stunning. Yeah, I was really into it. I mean, uh, light on story, heavy on action. Uh, it, it was of course. It was very Typical entertaining Tom Hanks situation. But it is uh, it is a direct outcome. The the fact that it's on Apple TV Plus versus theaters is directly because of coronavirus. So mm-hmm. it was uh, made, I, I believe, by Sony Pictures, totally intended to be a theatrical release. It was not intended to be a streaming um, situation. But because of what's going on with theaters and for the foreseeable future, uh, the producers of the movie auctioned it off to the big streaming sites and Apple won that, uh, which I thought was was really interesting. And it goes exactly to what you're talking about and how business has, has changed um, during this time. Um, you know, does it change, though, the feeling? I mean, I, I love a movie theater. I'm not going to lie. I mean, I don't go as often as I would like. And obviously, our movie theaters here in Acadiana mostly still closed. Um, you know, I do miss that, though. I like to feel you know, feel the sound, feel that bass in the digital sound. I like to get popcorn. I like to get a drink. I I like to actually go see it somewhere. And, you know, it's almost like because you can't press pause. When you watch something at home, you know, a kid cries or wakes up and gets out the bed or needs water or something, you pause it, you walk away, and you come back. You don't have that luxury in a theater, and I think that's part of the mystique. At least it is for me. It's really enjoyable. I mean, it's an experience to go out, right? I mean, with this movie, if you if you do the Apple TV and you've got the AirPods Pro, then you can put them in and put on noise cancellation, and you get you get actually really <laughs> neglect good. neglect your children. Yeah, sure. I mean, they're sleeping, <laughs> but you get really good sound out of doing that. And with the update coming for the AirPods Pro, it'll actually be even better. That if you turn your head, it will alter the way the sound uh, from the source makes Isn't that it to unbelievable? you. Unbelievable. I mean. To go back to, you know, I'll tell you, of my you know, earliest days of being around a cell phone or having a cell phone, to think that the Razor was like what was so exciting. And now we're talking about headphones that can literally adjust based on which way you turn your head. That's just amazing. It's pretty cool. Um, but to not get too far off track, because I'll do that, you were talking about, about business, and you're right. I mean, so, yeah, yeah. you know, so I'm, I'm responsible for the, the sales and marketing functions at the, the largest private insurance brokerage firm in the state of Texas. And as you might imagine, with a, you know, with a sales force of more than 30 people, we are having these conversations of how do we keep clients and prospective clients engaged? How do we present in a world where you can't walk in and shake someone's hand? You know, when, when you're yeah. in the insurance and employee benefits space, that trust is 
paramount and the ability mm-hmm. to, to build trust is much easier and much more familiar in person than over a Zoom call. And I had one of these uh, presentation meetings very recently that it it's really interesting how the dynamic has changed. I will tell you that when you're presenting over a Zoom um, and even if you're doing a screen share of your presentation or your document, I find that the meetings are much shorter and much more mm-hmm. factual and much yep. less time is spent on relationship building. But that's that's such a key part of sales though. I mean, I, I can't tell you how many of these calls that I've been on and, and been in these meetings where you you know it might be a 30 minute appointment and for 24 minutes you're talking about you know who you know and that you went to high school with someone else and we know this product. And then the last six minutes, it's kind of you know tying up the loose ends. So there is a disadvantage there in a way. Oh, it's a it's a huge disadvantage um, when when you're in the trust industry, and you know people want to feel like they've connected with you and found that commonality that you're speaking about, and and say, well, not only do they have the right coverage and the right premium, etc., but I like that guy or I trust that yeah, lady. Absolutely, and yeah. And that is getting tougher and tougher in a world of only Zoom calls. So, you know, we're really trying to strike the balance between how much can we be in the same room as someone and what is the comfort level of the client or the prospective client uh, versus, you know, your individual comfort level and and how do you find that, that happy medium? And it, it is a challenge. Mm-hmm. It's something that we are uh, struggling with um, every single day. So networking is huge too. And these, you know, conferences, conventions that happen, you know, this is really the place where, you know, a lot of, of, of B2B happens, you know, and, and you have these companies who are in the same place as other companies and not just on the convention floor. You're talking about at the hotel bar, maybe at a dinner, maybe, you know, maybe at some sort of other offsite activity. That's what these things are built upon. And, you know, you have big cities like, you know, Vegas. Um, you and I have talked about this before. You know, the countless number of conventions you go to there because it's a city that's literally built to get off the plane, take a shuttle to the hotel, and then, you know, be a really short distance. You don't have to rent a car. You don't have to do any of that stuff to wherever you're going, whatever sort of conference or meetings you have going on. Well, that, you know, has pretty much been scrapped for the rest of the year. I think there are some still holding on October, November. Uh, you know, December is a little bit slow, obviously, because of the holidays. But um, is there a replacement for that right now? I'm seeing all these like virtual conventions, but I just don't feel like we're really doing the same thing or getting the same amount of things accomplished. Yeah, you know, you you really um, should not be talking to me. You should be talking to my wife. You know, she's a corporate event planner. I know. And I know. so, well, we, maybe we can have her next time. Maybe so. Maybe this is so just a mediocre conversation. Yeah. So Ashley and I, <laughs> you know, are are talking about this and trying to adapt to the the new normal. I mean, most events yeah. have just been scrapped altogether. Um, they mm-hmm. they, I'll tell you that she's working on. A convention that has not yet been canceled that they they are intending to do and trying to switch to a um, to a virtual model and it was really interesting she said I'm looking at last year's agenda versus the one we have proposed for this year and 90% of this is networking time or collaborative yep. time yep. in the same That's room what it's for. and so we've got like 
you know, 10 minutes of, or 10% of program that we can do. Um, but it's going to be fundamentally different the way that people do these types of events if they do them at all. And what, you know, what'll be interesting, Rob, is, is go forward. Companies are going to have a real opportunity to sit back and, and what I would say too, associations will have a real opportunity to sit back and say, okay, how much benefit have we gotten in the past from our in-person events versus doing this virtually or sharing the information in another way? And is the expense really worth it? Uh, I know. I know. It, it could mean, you know, material changes. Now, I believe the world is just going to be back to kind of the way it is, that we are social people. We want to be in the same room as each other. A lot of the value in the associations, the the professional organizations that companies even belong to is in that networking and kind of peer-to-peer, peer peer review, um, sharing notes with each other. So I think, you know, much of that will come back. But even as a, as a firm, we've been talking about how does this really, this new normal or this, this technological uh, revolution, and, and we made some real big investments in technology after Hurricane Harvey, so we were pretty prepared for this. But how yeah. does this change our need for office space in the future? Uh, how does this change our need for all of this, of this equipment and printers mm-hmm. and all these, our, our travel and expense budget, right? How does the ability that we can be so effective and so efficient from home impact what we have to do going forward? Yeah. You know, I was talking to someone recently who, you know, had spent the last, I don't know, 20 or so years visiting a specific client. You know, it was a, it was a large client. It was like one of two this guy had. He was based in Louisiana, but he was having to fly back and forth to Rhode Island. And he was going like three times a month, even if it was for like four days a week or something like that. Um, to the, and, and single, not married. So no attachment to being here, except that he's from here and he's always worked for a company here. All right. So going back and forth, going back and forth. Well, coronavirus happened and about a month in, I mean, his higher ups started to say, cause you know, air travel kind of came to a, a jolting halt. Mm-hmm. And I mean, there was a lot of things that could be done over the phone or online and everything else. And finally, his higher up said, would you ever want to live in Rhode Island? And he was like, honestly, it would make my life a lot easier because I'm either in meetings with them in person or on the phone. You know, it's just the life he lives. And they're completely changing their model. They have multiple employees who do that, that see big clients, you know, elsewhere where they're actually completely fine now that they know working remote works and he can be there and still work for the company, but be closer to the client. And I think that's what a lot of companies are going to have to start to kind of grapple with and, and to see really how important is that nucleus of an in-person. And you talked about office space. That's an enormous expense that happens every year. Um, but if it's just as effective, that's also a pretty big line item that could be eliminated if possible. Well, you're 100% right. I'll, I'll give you another example right in line with what you're talking about. Is We've got a large um, client on the employee benefit side of our business who has locations in virtually every every state, at least the, the, mm-hmm. the lower 48. And every single year for the enrollment, we have been sending people to all of their locations to do in-person enrollments. Very, very important to them. It was something that was critical that they do in-person enrollments. This year, for the very first time, for obvious reasons, we 
we did mobile enrollments through a through a smartphone app, uh, bringing it full circle back to your iPhone, right? Uh, yeah. Doing through a smartphone app, um, and what was phenomenal? This was the outcome of this: is one, we incurred no travel cost, which was a positive. They mm-hmm. didn't have these. Uh, all of these enrollment meetings, which sucks up time from all of their people, right? And has lost efficiency. And they had increased uh, participation. So they had the highest percentage of their employed population actually take the benefits because it was easy and they were able to enroll on their time on their smartphone versus going to a meeting. They're able to sit down perhaps with their spouse and look at the options and make choices. So they had higher participation, they incurred less cost from getting all those people together, and we incurred less cost from sending all of our people uh, all over the, the country to get that task done. So we are all finding that we can be more efficient. You know, what is that saying? Necessity is the, the mother of innovation, whatever, the, something like Absolutely. that. That we're finding, wow, we can do these things better. What's remarkable too, Rob, is we've surveyed our clients at a couple of touch points throughout this uh, throughout this pandemic, we, we went home very, very soon. We went home in March. We sent everybody home in March and we've been surveying our clients several times and our marks are actually better. Like our net promoter score is stronger. Wow. Oh, than, like that's, that's fascinating. It, it really is. And, and, and we've surveyed our colleagues, right? We have nearly 200 people. We've surveyed mm-hmm. our colleagues and their satisfaction, overall employment satisfaction is up. You know, we wow. have a lot of people who travel an hour or more to commute every day who now have that just time to get back. into the office. That's right. And now they've got that time back in their lives. Um, obviously, people are complaining they miss the social interaction. They miss the, the collaboration in person. But yep. from a it, it's definitely impacting some of our new generation, but new new business generation. But from our client satisfaction, it's as mm-hmm. high as it's ever been. And and. The employees, our colleagues are happier, our clients are happier, um, and our retention of those relationships is is just incredible. So it has been a really interesting learning lesson. You talk about business in the time of yeah. corona. Well, and you know what? It's, it's funny because even if you split the difference and said, okay, when we do go back to normal, we don't go into the office or you don't have to come into the office on Mondays and Fridays, okay? So what that ended up giving you, even though you have to work and you have to talk to clients and everything else, I mean, that essentially gives you four days away from the office where you're not having to make that commute and um, and still getting things done, which I think might be one of those, you know, I love talking about low cost incentives and low cost fringe benefits. That's all that is, you know? That's right. Um, That's right. We need to leave it there for time. Ryan Schinkle, uh, we have talked about iPhones. We have talked about technology, a business in the age of coronavirus. That's just the tip of the iceberg. Um, I know it. He knows it. And uh, I think we need to keep this thing going. We have talked about dad things. We have talked about just general career things. And I think we can bring some of those conversations to our listeners here on KPL on Wednesdays. What do you shink about that, Ryan Schinkel? <laughs> I'm all for it, man. I'm all for it. I'm going gonna, I'm, I'm gonna to have to keep that. I mean, I really I like the sound of it. The ring of it's good. Uh, it, it's not bad. It's not bad. <laughs> Oh, you're just going to say it's not bad. All right. Hey, that's a real friend for you. You know, I don't keep you around because you're a yes man. You know, just remember that. So that's fair. All right. Ryan Schinkel. Hey, thanks for your time. And uh, maybe we'll talk to you next week. Yeah, my pleasure. Same time, same place. Sounds good to me, buddy. Thanks so much. 
All right, back with more Acadiana's Morning News after this. Yeah, coming up on the show, Bernie's conversation with Lafayette Parish School Board member Justin Santani, what they're looking at going into the fall, and how, if the answer is something virtual, will we be able to get the most families online for this type of learning? We run through all the options and more coming up on Acadiana's Morning News. That's just ahead. And now, your forecast from the KATC-TV3 Weather Lab. Well, it's certainly Mostly still going to be hot outside. I don't think that the heat is going to be quite as intense today as it has been over the last couple of days, starting to break that pattern up just a little bit. All of that being said, though, still mostly sunny skies with highs getting up to around 93. That heat index is still going to be sitting about 100 to 105. But again, slight improvement from where it's been over the last couple of days. We've got a 20% chance for an isolated shower or two later on in the afternoon. Most of us will be staying dry, though, and then our overnight lows will get down into the upper 70s. Looking ahead into tomorrow, we've got some widely scattered showers expected across Acadiana. That will be tomorrow afternoon into early parts of the evening. Quiet then for the weekend before a return to the more widespread shower activity through next week. From the Storm Team 3 Weather Lab, I'm KTC Meteorologist Daniel Phillips on News Talk 96.5 KPAL. back to school, right? I mean, Bessie Board's meeting today. We're going to have all of our local officials in each different parish determining what that particular parish is going to do. So I saw this item and I said, okay, this is pretty interesting. And this is about how you can find out, you know, if you have not had internet access at your house before, like what is available, etc. So I said, well, let me call my old pal, my old buddy. Justin Santani with the Lafayette Parish School Board. Hey, thanks for joining us for a few minutes again. I appreciate it. Good afternoon, Bernie. You're welcome. Um, all right, so let's talk a little bit about the flyer that was sent out. Uh, seems like there's going to be some folks teaming up and some partnerships. Can you kind of give us an idea? I'm assuming it's all the deal of trying to get access to people who maybe don't have it. Yeah, so we've we've spent a lot of a lot of the summer surveying our families and our and our parents and our teachers and trying to figure out where everyone is and their ability to return to school this year. Mm-hmm. And one of the the big stumbling blocks that we realized was we have a significant number of families that do not have internet access at home. So uh, while we're not necessarily going to an all virtual model as of yet, you know, like I've like I've said in the past, we're going to. Uh, react and, and be in school if possible, and we're going to make the best decisions we can whenever we're, we're ready to make them. But in the meantime, Internet access is very likely going to be uh, a need for students this year. Mm-hmm. And so uh, thanks to the Love Our Schools Foundation, they've really been working hard with AT&T and Cox and LUS Fiber to put together this, this uh, low-cost Internet access for families. I just... You know, this is at the heart of everything that we do. Love our schools. When that all first came out and got together and the different projects that all of these these uh, volunteers have done, it's an amazing group of people. And this is just another step because this is what we need. So, um, you know, it, it, 
We know that virtual learning is probably going to be a, a part of this scenario, whatever it ends up being, as you pointed out. And the fact that it's lower cost, I think, is a win-win for all of us. Justin, we cannot afford to lose even one student during this entire process this year because for some, they've already lost way too much. Well, I couldn't agree more. You know, that last nine weeks of school where we really took a hit on the, the progress that our students were making, we have to make sure that, that those students get caught up and, and move along and, and get the education that they need and deserve. And even if virtual learning is not an official part of the, you know, if some by some uh, miracle we're able to go to school and keep schools open this year, Internet access at home when doing homework is, is vitally important. And so this is going to be just a, a no-lose situation for someone who doesn't have Internet access at home to go ahead and get it in the home and have that be another tool that their child is able to use when, when learning. Yeah, definitely. And, you know, if someone out there is listening to this, and uh, maybe they have a job where they've got some job security. That is excellent. That's wonderful. Um, I would, you know, suggest to them that they contact Love Our Schools to ask in, in what way they could help. Um, you know, maybe you have an older computer or you're about to get something new. Um, maybe there's a family out there that could need it. Um, if we continually come together, that's how we beat this thing. Oh, I couldn't agree more. So what do you expect to hear from Bessie? Any ideas? You know, their plan was released and, uh, you know, a lot of it was basically what we were expecting because there was a law passed by the legislature in the in the special session, I believe, where it indemnified uh, school systems against uh, civil liability for someone catching the virus on campus in cases where there was not gross negligence. You know, we're not completely relieved of liability in cases where there is gross negligence. Mm -hmm. We would still be liable for someone catching the virus on our campus. But they, they gave that, that immunity to the school systems. But then they also said that they instructed Bessie to create some minimum standards. And that's what Bessie's discussing today, the minimum standards mm -hmm. under which school systems have to uh, provide safe environments for our teachers and our students in the fall. And so, uh, you know, I know masks, whether or not masks will be required is a big part of that. Mm -hmm. Cleaning, bus capacity, mm -hmm. all linked to the different phases of reopening that the governor has. Yeah. And, um, you know, uh, in addition to that, all of that, you know, maybe Love Our Schools could even, you know, for whatever happens within class learning, you know, there was the discussion you and I had last week about having, you know, the, the see-through plastic, like an acrylic shield, basically, um, you know, maybe that could be something that could be pursued through people donating funds for that and or purchasing that uh, for teachers uh, through Love Our Schools or something. I'm sure people that are listening are probably thinking about 100 ways that they can possibly help. OK, as a parent, are you ready for all your kids to just run out of your house when, you know, September, I guess, late August kind of rolls around? You know, what I'm ready for is I'm ready for them to get the social interaction. I'm ready for them to get the face-to-face -face instruction. I'm ready for them to get everything that goes, that they gain from being in a school setting. It's just so important for the whole child to to be in that school setting and get everything that an education means besides just learning how to add and divide fractions and things like that. Mm -hmm. But you know, on the on the flip side, uh, you know, we have to we have to be safe about it. We have to be thoughtful about it. We have to make sure that, you know, if I think I said if we open schools and all we accomplish is is getting teachers sick. Yeah. Because, then it's, you know, yeah. 
<laughs> you know, then it's then we're not we're not making any progress whatsoever. So uh, we do have to we do have to be very mindful of the environment in which we're operating, with the goal being, I think, as it has been from the beginning, of getting uh, getting our students and getting our children back into the classroom where they can learn from excellent teachers. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Well, Justin Centani, uh, of course, a member of the Lafayette Parish School Board. Thank you for your time today. We appreciate it. He doesn't understand why he has to die. I'm Dave Anthony, Fox News, and that's the reason why a federal judge blocked what would have been the second execution in a federal prison in two days after 17 years without one. Fox's Jeff Manasso is on the case live. Dave, hours before convicted child killer, 68-year-old Wesley Perky was set to die today by lethal injection at a prison in Terre Haute, Indiana. And U.S. District Judge Tanya Chutkin has stayed his execution over objections by his lawyers that he has dementia and no longer understands his his punishment. The judge, an Obama appointee earlier this week, blocked the execution of another child killer before the U.S. Supreme Court overruled. 47-year-old Daniel Lee died by lethal injection yesterday in one of three federal executions planned this week. Dave. Jeff, President Trump's happy. Two candidates he endorsed won their Republican primaries. Even happier, one of them beat ex-Attorney General Jeff Sessions, who the president has never forgiven for recusing himself in the Russia probe. Tommy Tuberville easily won in Indiana, or uh, in Alabama, rather, telling Fox... We've got to get jobs back in the state of Alabama and all over the country. Now he's trying to unseat Democratic Senator Doug Jones. The president's former doctor, Ronnie Jackson, won a GOP congressional race. Having President Trump's endorsement is just is, is huge, especially up in this part of Texas. This is Trump country up here, and everybody loves our president. Now the president took aim at his Democratic challenger while signing a bill and executive order clamping down on China's crackdown on Hong Kong, saying that Joe Biden's been a gift to China for years, and he claims Biden wants to kill the American energy industry with his plan to deal with climate change. Left unchecked, it is literally an existential threat to the health of our planet and to our very survival. That's enough for dispute, Mr. President. America's listening to Fox News. It's happening in just days. Publishers Clearinghouse will be ready to award $7,000 a week for life. That's $7,000 a week, week after week, for life. Don't miss your last chance to win. Go to PCH.com and enter before it's too late. That's PCH.com. Better hurry if you want the next big winner to be you. Enter now at PCH.com. Entries due 826. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited. It's the perfect time for a powerful business refresh during Dell Technologies Cyber Savings Event. It starts now with up to 50% off high-performance Windows 10 business laptops, desktops, and servers, plus top-brand electronics. It's also your chance to streamline IT and simplify PC life cycles with PC as a service. Dell Technologies recommends Windows 10 Pro for business. Call 877-ASK-DELL for a Dell Technologies advisor who can help you find the right tech. That's 877-ASK-DELL or visit dell.com slash smallbusinessdeals. As the coronavirus surges in much of America, there is still a rush to find a vaccine in several countries. The one Moderna is working on keeps moving along. 
The vaccine, according to its developers with the National Institutes of Health, boosted the immune systems of the 45 volunteers who took injections starting four months ago. Now the two-dose every-month protocol will be tested on a 30,000-person sample, likely to include people more vulnerable to COVID, the elderly and those with underlying medical conditions, as well as Hispanics and African Americans disproportionately affected. Grinnell Scott, Fox News. Well, remains behind bars in New York after pleading not guilty to charges of helping entice young girls for the late Jeffrey Epstein to sexually abuse. She was denied bail. The judge siding with the prosecution, which made the argument that Gillen Maxwell is an extreme flight risk. They note the fact that she has three passports. She has $20 million in some 15 accounts. And they also take take into account, the judge did anyway, that she's very good at hiding. Fox's Brian Yenis. Court documents also show Maxwell's married though she's not disclosing her husband's name. All the anti-police and racial justice protests here have spilled overseas, and there's something new. Anti-racism protesters in Bristol, England, pulled down a statue of slave trader Edward Colston last month, dumping it in a harbour. Now there's an unofficial replacement. A statue of a black woman with her fist raised in the air has been installed on the newly empty plinth. It's likeness of a local resident who'd earlier been photographed climbing onto the platform. That's Fox's Simon Owen in London on Wall Street. Stocks may surge yet again. Dow futures are up by the same amount as yesterday's 556-point big gain. I'm Dave Anthony, and this is Fox News. The news you want to know. Attorney General. He lied to Congress. Chicken bar should have shown up today. He slandered this man. Circus political stunt. KPEL FM. Brobridge Lafayette. Your 24-7 news source. On air, online, and with the Cape Hill News app. Now the headlines from the Cape Hill News Center. Good Wednesday morning. I'm Rob Kirkpatrick on Acadiana's Morning News. Your forecast for today, 93 degrees, partly cloudy with just a 20% chance of showers. Your full forecast is coming up from Daniel Phillips over in the Storm Team 3 Weather Lab. The latest number of coronavirus cases reported in Louisiana increased by 2,215 yesterday. The number of deaths increased by 22. Numbers come out at noon each day from the Louisiana Department of Health. Yesterday, a total of 3,337 people in our state have died officially of COVID-19 as of Tuesday. Miles Perrette is making plans for an adjusted Games of Acadiana. The actual scavenger hunt won't begin until August 1st. It will last through August 20th, and for each mission you complete, you'll earn points. Those points will earn you entries into drawings for some incredible prizes. There are over 50 you could win, including $10,000 cash, for more information on joining the hunt, you can visit milesperrette.org slash GAA for more information, or you can call 337-984-1920. School districts that refuse to implement Bessie's minimum requirements for reopening, like the mask mandate, could get sued. Matt Doyle has more. State Superintendent of Education Cade Brumley says they can't force districts to enforce mask wearing, but refusal to do so would lead to them losing protection against civil COVID-related lawsuits. In reality, many of the enforcement decisions are going to come in the courts. But not everyone was happy about the announcement at yesterday's Bessie meeting. This parent says it'll hinder their child's education. I have a teenager. 
It is hard enough for her to understand somebody talking face-to-face to her with a mask on, much less my six-year-old going into the first grade. I'm Matt Doyle. On a day when Louisiana reported 2,200 more COVID-19 cases, Vice President Mike Pence expressed confidence that the state will slow down the spread of the virus. Pence encouraged Louisiana residents to listen to the guidance from state officials, and that means wearing a mask in public. People of Louisiana know how to slow the spread. They know how to flatten the curve. They did it before, and we're very confident Louisiana is going to do it again. Pence flew into Baton Rouge Tuesday morning and held a roundtable discussion at LSU's Tiger Stadium. It included Governor Edwards, Education Secretary Betsy DeVos, and other higher education leaders. The VP stressed the importance of getting kids back in the classroom. We believe it's absolutely in the best interest of students academically uh, and in terms of every aspect of their personal well-being to get kids back in the classroom in K-12 and to get students back on campuses. Members of Louisiana's congressional delegation were also on hand. Congressman Steve Scalise also discussed the importance of getting kids back in the classroom. Not only do they need that instruction, uh, but we've seen uh, psychiatrists giving studies. We've seen pediatrics studies that have shown the damage it causes to our kids not being in school. Eligible Louisiana frontline workers can apply for a $250 COVID-19 rebate beginning today. Kevin Barnhart has the story. Secretary of Revenue Kimberly Robinson says there's a broad range of workers eligible for the money, including health care workers, first responders, bus drivers, grocery store workers, and others. Those persons that went out and did the work when the stay-at-home order was in effect, you had to work from March 22nd through May 14th in one of those jobs. You had to work at least 200 hours during that time period. Applications can be submitted online at frontlineworkers.la.gov or can be done by mail with a printable form found on the website. I'm Kevin Barnhart. Oil prices are rising after a bigger-than-expected drop in U.S. crude inventories. International benchmark Brent crude is up 64 cents a barrel to 43.54, and West Texas intermediate crude up 65 cents to 40.94 a barrel. The American Petroleum Institute reported Tuesday that U.S. crude stocks fell more than 8.3 million barrels last week. Oil industry analysts had expected a drop of less than 2.3 million barrels. Today should wrap up the state's current run of excessive temperatures. Heat indices have been between 105 and 115 over the last few days. State climatologist Barry Keim warns that heat index values in this range can be extremely dangerous. When you ask people to just be sensible, drink plenty of fluids, avoid being outside at those peak temperature hours, and you know, remain indoors if, uh, if you're particularly heat sensitive. Time says by this time tomorrow, the temperatures and heat index should become a little bit more seasonable as a very persistent heat wave spanning from Louisiana to Arizona begins to weaken and the state will go back to our more typical types of weather. The chances of afternoon thunder showers will go up and cloudiness will go up and that'll knock those temperatures down by just a little bit. But just remember that even once we drop these temperatures down later in this week, we're still only dropping them down a half a notch. Kimes says Louisiana is basically at the climate peak in terms of temperatures and heat index values. We're going to be in this period here probably for about the next month. So it's the dog days of summer. Just grin and bear it and be smart about it. Daniel Phillips is watching our local forecast and he has an update. Good morning.
And that makes these coins with the P-Mint attribution the second rarest coin in the entire American Eagle Bullion Coin Series. This extraordinary coin is now available, but only for a limited time. Just call government.com at 1-800-973-3097. To learn more about these emergency production 2020 American Eagle Silver Dollar Coins, call 1-800-973-3097. Call now and you'll receive a free American Coin Collector's Bonus Package, a $10 value free with every order. Call 1-800-973-3097 now to secure your Philadelphia Mint 2020 American Eagle Silver dollar coins before they sell out. That's 1-800-973-3097. News Talk 96.5. KPL. Right now, traffic. We do have a fender bender. Lafayette Police are reporting on Hobson Street at North Buchanan. That's Hobson at North Buchanan. Traffic brought to you by LifeLock. Only watching your credit to help protect your identity? Well, you could miss certain threats. Save on LifeLock Identity Theft Protection at the summer sale. Go to LifeLock.com, promo code RISK. The sale ends on July 20. Eight fourteen now at News Talk 96.5. KPL, welcome back to Acadiana's Morning News. Using the Shannon Wilkerson Memorial headphone jack over here, and ah. now I'm deaf. So oh. <laughs> there you go. All right. Um, Holly Bofi joins us on the phone. Yesterday, there was a big meeting of Bessie to sort of establish, you know, kind of a baseline for mm. where we should start. Um, there were a lot of, of discussions about class size, about how you keep people separate. How many people can you have in one room? And Holly, uh, good morning to you. First of all, um, I want to talk about kind of the, the makeup of this and how we got to some of these decisions. And I'd like to run uh, through a few of them. So tell us how the meeting went and really sort of where did the conversation start? I mean, are we are we starting with the hope as a lot of parents I know are feeling this morning? Are we starting with the hope of going back with traditional education and then sort of making some other plans? Or, or do we really just have to plan for anything at this point? It's a really good question. I'll start by saying I think it was about a six-hour meeting, and I, um, you know, part of me walked out with the weight of the world on my shoulders, mm. but you know what? Um, then I remembered that I live in South Louisiana, yes. and in South Louisiana, people can come together and do the right thing to help their neighbors, and yeah. I think that's, that's really where we are, is that Every decision that everybody makes today impacts our ability to educate kids four weeks from now. And so if people are wearing their masks, if they are staying six feet away from each other, and if they are washing their hands, then we've got a better shot of having more kids in school every single day. And, you know, I wouldn't want to be anywhere else in the world because I believe in South Louisiana, we can pull this off and we can do it. Yeah. Um, I know that our educators and um, our school and district leaders are working very hard to come up with plans to keep kids healthy and keep kids safe, but to educate them. We want our children in school. We want to educate them. And so... Um, I think it's going to just take everybody doing their best today. Every single decision you make today you know, will impact our ability to educate kids four weeks from now. And I think if that is the important thing for people to remember. Um, I think we're going to start seeing now that we've made these policies official with Bessie, 
our school districts are going to be able to, um, you know, take their planning to the next level. They've been working really hard on this. They're going to be able to take their planning to the next level. We're going to be seeing more and more information coming out. And our medical experts were really clear that if we follow the guidelines, then we will have our kids in school more. If we don't follow the guidelines, then we're going to see more closures. You know, I think one of the things that scares a lot of parents, and I have younger kids, okay, so I'm not talking about high school age kids or even, you know, the, the middle school kids, because that that is a little bit different is some of these hybrid plans that we were hearing about where maybe you yeah. would go to school three days, you would be virtual two days. And at first, I mean, I'm thinking, oh, my gosh, my six-year-old, you know, has to be reminded to brush her teeth every morning still. I mean, like, how are we mm. going to keep up with a schedule like that? It doesn't look like that's going to be, I mean, maybe it becomes a part of the plan, but it doesn't appear in our state, at least, of that being a part of it for younger kids, for the, for the younger ages. How much of, of what you do will be tailored toward the type of school, the difference in an elementary school and a high school? So I'm hearing different discussions, and, and what we have to realize is that the plans are going to be unique to each particular school district. Mm -hmm. I do hear a lot of a popularity when I look across the state in terms of the younger the kids are, the more they need to be in school because they don't. Um, distance learning is more challenging. We need to be able to teach children how to read and we um, have to have, you know, face-to-face -face is, is better for that. And so um, I that seems to be very popular across our state and it's something that I'm relieved and excited about. I'll have a child going to kindergarten next year. Mm -hmm. And so I think, I mean, I, I get it. So the younger children need to be in school more often, our older children can do a, a better job with distance learning, and so that seems to be popular. I think the other, you know, the other message is that this is a time where families really have to think about what is best for them. Yeah. And so if you have a child who's medically fragile um, or you have someone in a family who's medically fragile, then you need to be looking at your virtual options. And a lot of our school districts have those virtual options um that they are offering but if you're in a school district who's not offering those virtual options then the state has some virtual charter schools that people should be looking into and so mm -hmm. i mean every every family needs to be thinking about what is best for them um and if you you know understand that the districts want to have the kids in school as much as possible but in order to have the kids in school we need everybody wearing masks we need everybody staying six feet apart and washing their hands because um, the way that these these measures work, it's not like one or the other is going to solve the problem. It's additive. And mm -hmm. so doing all of them is going to reduce the spread. And the more that we slow the spread down, the more we can see our children, which is which is what um, what we certainly all want. Right. Yes. Is there. You know, as you, there are so many obviously different metrics, okay, and and it's like we've sort of gotten away from talking about cases to really looking at hospitalizations and really looking at deaths. What metric will be used, or will there be a uniform metric to say, you know, what the pandemic is more out of control? You know, we've reached this line, so we need to close the school, or 
I mean, are you guys going to be involved in that, or or will it be something at the district level where they have Great. to decide Great how question. many yeah. teachers? Like is, I mean, yeah. because, oh, mm-hmm. and here's why I ask you this, because it's going to come down to staffing. I was reading a story about the need for substitute teachers this year mm-hmm. that are ready to go, like ready to jump in in case you do have a teacher that's sick that has to be out for a couple weeks. Well, I think this goes back to my pride and, and our collective pride in South Louisiana, and I think professionals who have the ability to say one way I can contribute to, to being um, to our community is to saying I can be a substitute. So maybe I'm a lawyer three days a week, but I can go be a substitute for two days a week because I really want to help my community and I want to help my school system. Mm-hmm. And so we need people who have never even considered being substitutes who want to serve their community to think about ways that, that they can do so. Um, And I'm going to tell you, I mean, I think you guys understand where I am um, when it comes to ideology is I believe the best decisions are made locally. And so I don't think you're going to, my hope is that we don't even see a district by district basis for closing, that if one school needs to close because we see that that's a, a site of infection and that that, you know, that the infection rate is spiking, then the school system's going <clears> to <throat> excuse me, then the school system is going to make that decision. Um, but I think it needs to be local. And, you know, I, my, I don't want us to ever see a statewide closure again. I mean, the, the ramifications of statewide closures are just are, are huge. Mm-hmm. And so we need to figure out how we, how we can get as many kids in school you know, as often and as possible. And I think to do that, we've got, we have to really make decisions at the local level. And so the guidelines we passed yesterday were about reopening. What I've been pushing for is then what are our mechanisms for making sure that our local district as are in touch with the local health officials and that they know, right? Our, our superintendent needs to know the hospitalization rate faster than anybody else. Um, because of the connections between the schools and the community. And so those are the kinds of relationships that we're encouraging. Um, and that's the hard work. What, what, I, what people don't see, right? Like you see all this stuff on Facebook. What people mm-hmm. don't see are the hours of planning that our educators are putting into place mm-hmm. to have a safe reopening of schools. And um, I don't, I, I, you know, I just wouldn't want to be anywhere else in the world because if anybody can do it, it is South Louisiana. And um, I'm just, I'm proud of this area and I've, we've overcome things in the past. And when we pull together, we're going to be able to overcome this and help our neighbors. Yeah. Well, Holly Bofi, we appreciate it. I, I'll tell you this. I'm not going to put words in your mouth. I'm going to say Rob Kirkpatrick thinks it's almost offensive to see the comments on Facebook that act like there is a quick fix, easy answer to something like this. Right. But it really does take weeks and months. And, yeah. you know, we don't have and it months takes anymore. All of us, yeah. Right? We, we don't have get have that into the time, conversation, you know, in a level headed way, like, like Miss Holly was saying, you know, and, and, you know, Holly, the idea that, you know, you left that meeting thinking, yeah, I have the weight of the world on my shoulders. But then also, you know, realizing, hey, this is Acadiana. I mean, we are just good at what we do. Let's be honest. We are a community of innovators. And when there is a need, people are going to come together, put their their minds together and figure this out. I agree with you. 
and we're gonna we're gonna show our love to our neighbors by washing our hands and staying six feet apart and wearing our mask. There and you when go. we do show our love when we do show our love to our neighbors, we're also going to be able to keep our kids in school. And everybody wants our kids back in school. Yes, yes, without a doubt. That's just another way that you know, we keep everything rolling and get some normal back. Dr. Holly Bofi has been our guest. Thank you for taking this time with us this morning. Our listeners appreciate it. Thank you. All you guys right. have a great day. Thanks. You too. You know, I feel I love I feel by the really way, confident. I love about someone it, that's you know? confident and that we can yes. find something. And and you know what? The word normal is one is a word we just have to let go. Let's just mm-hmm. let's just suspend the word normal until January first of twenty twenty one. Mm-hmm. When hopefully this is a distant memory. You and, know? you know, life is never going to be perfect. Well, normal is a hard thing to achieve, it and it means something different to every person. It does. You know? And the other part about it is, you know, inspire your kids to realize the opportunities that are being the possibilities of what we're doing here. Mm-hmm. You know, this is a life that we didn't live as kids. Well, it was like Troy Wayman, though, was talking about his um, Troy Wayman from One Acadiana. We talked yesterday. He was talking about his, I think, 15 year old mm-hmm. saying that, like, she was perfectly fine with the virtual learning because yeah. she's been conditioned to mm-hmm. learn like this because, you know, she never knew a time where there wasn't the Internet, you know? And, yeah, and we all know our own kids, right? So you know yeah. what's going to work. Um, and I, I just, I don't know, I, I feel really good about it because I think everybody, their hearts and their minds are open mm-hmm. and people are going to make the suggestions. It's And it's not an easy one. No, There'll be a lot not. of things. A lot of hoops to jump through, but I think it'll be worth it in the end. I, I agree. 827 now at News Talk 96.5. KPL News is next. Celebrating 20 years of enlightening Acadiana. Moon Griffon, next on News Talk 96.5. KPL. Uh. Get breaking news first and exclusive content now. Download the free KPL News app, free in the App Store and Google Play. It's the bottom of the hour. Now the top stories from KPL96.5.com. Good morning, I'm Rob Kirkpatrick with this news update. State education leaders at Bessie approved a minimum health and safety standard for the reopening of schools this fall. The list of recommendations will apply to traditional, public, charter, and non-public schools in the state. Specific requirements within the policy are defined according to the state's reopening plan and what phase we're in. One provision that has people responding the most has to do with group sizes. The maximum group size that may convene indoors in a single room or outdoors at any time if we're in phase one, it's 10 individuals. Our current phase, phase two, 25 individuals. And if we make it to phase three, 50 individuals in one room. Essential employees, frontline workers, healthcare professionals, and others who have been on the job during the coronavirus pandemic in Louisiana may now apply for a one-time hazard payment of $250, that money coming from the state. To be eligible to receive the payment, you must earn less than $50,000 a year and must have been on the job between March 11th and May 14th, 2020, and clocked in at least 200 hours. A soldier from Louisiana Army National Guard's 39th Military Police Company was found dead in his room at a base in San Antonio. Sergeant Kelvanta Ellis, 22-year-old from Westlake, was found dead on July 12th. He served five years in Louisiana National Guard as a military police non-commissioned officer. Few details are known at this time. An investigation is underway. President Trump is going to meet with the family of Vanessa Gillian, the Houston native and Fort Hood soldier that was killed by a fellow soldier back in April. 
Yesterday, the family's attorney announced they will meet with the president on July 29th. The family is helping sponsor a bill known as the hashtag I am Vanessa Gillen bill intended to bring greater protection for active duty military members. A media event about the bill is planned for July 30th when the measure will be introduced in Congress in Washington, D.C. Vice President Mike Pence continued to hammer the fact that kids need to be back in the classroom on schedule for the fall semester during yesterday's visit to Baton Rouge. Here's Kevin Barnhart with more. Governor Edwards, we support your efforts here in Louisiana to slow the spread, to protect the vulnerable, to keep opening up your economy and opening up your schools. Pence says the White House believes it is in the best interest for students academically and in every aspect of their well-being to be back in the classroom. We're going to continue to make the testing and the PPE and the supplies available to support uh, the reopening of schools all across the state. Our state is much better off today because of that assistance and because of your work and the work of your task force. I'm Kevin Barnhart. The CDC is now calling on all Americans to put on a mask to help slow the spread of coronavirus. CDC leaders wrote an editorial in the Journal of the American Medical Association. They argued studies show universal masking could lead to the U.S. getting the outbreak under control. That process could take as little as four to eight weeks. Former Attorney General Jeff Sessions is accepting defeat in the fight to get his old Senate seat back. He conceded to former Auburn football coach Tommy Tuberville in the Alabama Republican primary runoff election. Tuberville will face off against Senator Doug Jones in November. If you've been putting off doing your taxes, well, the last minute is finally here. Today is the deadline to file your 2019 taxes or request an extension. The government added three months to the usual April 15th deadline because of the coronavirus pandemic. The IRS says about 142 million people filed their returns before the 4th of July, it warns that it may take longer to process the late returns because of reduced staff caused by the pandemic. Delta Airlines is reporting its worst quarter in company history. The Georgia-based airline revealed yesterday it lost $5.7 billion between April and June, just as the coronavirus pandemic crippled the airline industry. The workforce is being cut down as Delta hopes to reduce numbers by around 17,000 through buyouts and early retirements. Passenger numbers have risen a little, but CEO Ed Bastian believes a recovery could be two years away. Judge is throwing out a $19 million settlement between Harvey Weinstein and women who accused him of sexual abuse. This after an accuser's attorney argued the terms were unfair. The proposed settlement comes out of a civil rights lawsuit originally brought against Weinstein by the New York Attorney General's Office back in 2018. Several of the accuser's attorneys vigorously opposed the terms of the settlement, calling it one of the most unfair and one-sided agreements they had ever seen. And finally, the original cast soundtrack of Hamilton is number two on the Billboard Top 200. After the play was released on Disney Plus earlier this month, it's the highest charting musical album since Hair back in 1969. Streaming also went up 294% in the U.S. for the week ending on July 9th. Hamilton is marking its 250th week anniversary on the Billboard Top 200 chart. Well, it's certainly still going to be hot outside. I don't think that the heat is going to be quite as intense today as it has been over the last couple of days, starting to break that pattern up just a little bit. All of that being said, though, still mostly sunny skies with highs getting up to around 93. That heat index is still going to be sitting about 100 to 105. But again, slight improvement from where it's been 
over the last couple of days. We've got a 20% chance for an isolated shower or two later on in the afternoon. Most of us will be staying dry, though, and then our overnight lows will get down into the upper 70s. Looking ahead into tomorrow, we've got some widely scattered showers expected across Acadiana. That will be tomorrow afternoon into early parts of the evening. Quiet then for the weekend before a return to the more widespread shower activity through next week. From the Storm Team 3 Weather Lab, I'm KTC Meteorologist Daniel Phillips on News Talk 96.5 KPL. Right now, 80 degrees. Our weather brought to you by LifeLock. Are you only watching your credit to help protect your identity? Well, you could miss certain threats. Save on LifeLock identity theft protection at the summer sale. Go to LifeLock.com. Promo code RISK. The sale ends on July 20th. News Talk 96.5. KPL. Right now, traffic. Right now, no traffic crashes, no breakdowns to report to you. Make sure you're buckling up out there. Traffic is being brought to you by ExpressPros.com. Are you looking for an easier way to find your next job? Well, it's time to get to know Express Employment Professionals. Find a location near you at ExpressPros.com. Dr. Jason West joins us on the phone as we're you know, right smack in the middle of the debate about schools in the fall. First of all, good morning to you, doctor. We appreciate your time. Thanks for joining us. You're welcome, and thanks for having me on. And it's such a common question right now. <laughs> Everybody's asking me, hey, what are we going to do with my kids? Is it, I, I, can't, I don't know if I can handle them being at home. I don't know if I can handle them being at school. You know, it is, it is hard. Yesterday here in the state of Louisiana, Bessie, which is the Board of Elementary and Secondary Education, uh, met and put out like a series of minimum requirements. They focused on group sizes, group composition, physical standards for school facilities, and symptom monitoring. Now, I'll tell you this, doctor. I mean, you can find it all, by the way, on our website, kpal965.com. But one of the things that stood out to me was the COVID-19 symptoms monitoring. So it says, quote, upon arriving at school, each student and adult must be assessed for symptoms of COVID-19 as defined by the CDC to include an initial temperature check, each school must also establish an isolation area for anyone showing signs of being sick. So I read that, doctor, and my first thought was, we've been having this conversation for months about asymptomatic people. And that that is what may be the cause for the outbreak, because if people don't know they have it, they don't know they can spread it. Is this an important part of a reopening plan? Well, I think that it's, I think everybody's doing what they can. I don't think there's anybody that it doesn't want to, you know, facilitate a return to being normal. Um, the first reaction that I have to that is the testing is so, I, I just don't even know if it's accurate. And, and even the CDC on the website says that if you have a positive COVID-19 test, that means you have antibodies to the coronavirus or it means that you have a previous exposure to the coronavirus family that can cause the common cold. Mm -hmm. So the first thing that I say is, oh my gosh, I don't know if the infection rates are really indicative of the COVID-19 tests. And then the second thing is we've got to be focusing on people's immune systems and making them 
allowing them to be healthy so that we can return back to a normal integration to society. And I think that we should be sending kids back to school. So there's obviously the big debate. You obviously you're talking about schools. You're talking about the health and safety of students. Um, but uh, the school districts also have to recognize their role as an employer. Okay, so they have, you know, in many communities, they are the largest employer just because of how many people you have on multiple campuses. Um, here in the state of Louisiana, we have passed a law where it sort of indemnifies the school district from any um, com- complaint lawsuit about someone contracting the virus on a school campus but it doesn't seem watching some of my teacher friends and the things they say on social media i it doesn't seem like that is comforting at all well it's it's comforting to the school district and the administration and Mm -hmm. and basically quote the system and i understand i have a really good friend that's a school teacher that is sharing concerns about you know, if if you look at the data, if we take out the nursing and rest home infections, it is a really it's like point zero zero six percent likelihood of, of being in school age population. It's this, it's more likely that your kid can get in, injured in a car accident or motor vehicle accident on the way to school than to actually have the coronavirus. But the teacher population is a little bit higher risk than the kid population. Mm -hmm. And so I certainly understand that. And again, for teachers that are listening, now is the time to do everything possible to get your immune system working, making sure you have enough water to protect your mucous membranes, making sure you got enough vitamin D and vitamin C and all of these things that we should be talking more about prevention instead of saying, hey, it's all about dependent on the social distancing that's dependent on a vaccine development. Now, what we should be saying is it's your immune system. If your immune system's healthy, the likelihood of you being affected by the coronavirus are super low. Doc, you know what I've, I've said since this outbreak first started, that I think as Americans, we're finally confronted with how sick people live walking around, talking, living their lives, going to work, and then you see issues. I mean, we have a a big problem with obesity in South Louisiana, with diabetes, with heart issues, and it's sort of become a part of our culture to where, you know, uh, I would say you put uh, 10 people in a room and say, hey, who's on a blood pressure pill? Uh, You're going to have more than half. You say (laughs) say yes, or or maybe they're not on on the pill, but they have high blood pressure, And and that is a big risk factor here. No question, and and you are exactly right. One of the the panic problems associated with the coronavirus is it is a report card for people, how are you on the health spectrum? Mm -hmm. And there's not a magic pill. There's not a magic treatment for for this. And so people that have inappropriate lifestyle choices that are not as healthy as they could be, you're at a higher risk, and it really sets off panic buttons for people and and you're right this is a wake-up call of saying our society as a whole isn't healthy this is why we're having such big problems with it so start making better lifestyle choices reduce your sugar intake get your water intake up move more like if we would start focusing on that we would be have so much less confusion and misinformation about the coronavirus dr jason west we have to leave it there for time um, integrative medicine physician and fourth generation owner of the West Clinic. We appreciate your time today and uh, and good luck. Stay safe. All right. You, you too. See you later. The Rush Morning Update is brought to you by Luxury Limo of Lafayette. Book your next traveling party at LuxuryLimoOfLafayette.net.
Last Saturday, two police officers in McAllen, Texas, responded to a domestic dispute call. Both the officers were ambushed and murdered by the suspect who then took his own life. One of the slain officers, Ismael Chavez, leaves an 18-year-old daughter, Savannah Chavez. She posted an emotional tribute to her dad on social media, praising him as a hero who died doing the job he loved. She said that words could not describe her pain. She wrote that she would miss her dad very much, but she was glad that he was at peace. She closed with the words, blue lives matter. And within minutes, the ugliness of social media reared its hateful head. The grieving 18-year-old was attacked as a racist for saying blue lives matter. She was told that her father had a choice in becoming a cop, as if that justified his murder. Now, two things. First, the left wants to send social workers instead of police to domestic disturbances like this. Well, that's not going to end well. Second, the American left, these heartless liberals, will not even respect the feelings of a teenage girl who just lost her father. Vile, bitter, politically inspired hatred's all that counts in their world. Savannah Chavez's grief doesn't matter to them at all. And there's probably only 10 or 12 of them. That's the thing about this, making themselves look like tens of thousands. You know, the truth is, no lives of any color really matter to these people. And they shouldn't matter to us because they're non-entities. Who are they? We don't even know. Screw them. Sometimes in life, it's easy to settle for good enough. But with identity theft protection, good enough isn't enough. Data breaches appear to be happening more and more, placing your data in the wrong hands, and that leads to identity theft. Now, if you're only monitoring your credit, you could miss certain threats, like somebody selling your info on the dark web. LifeLock sees a wide range of identity threats. And if you end up with an identity theft issue, a restoration specialist dedicated to your case will work to fix it. Now look, no one can prevent all identity theft or monitor all the transactions at all businesses, but shouldn't you have identity theft protection that's better than just good enough? Go to lifelock.com or call them at 800-440-4833. Use my name as the promo code, that's Rush. Save up to 25% off your first year. LifeLock.com. Promo code RUSH25. Joined on the phone by Kelly Hyman, who has been following um, the Biden campaign. First of all, good morning to you. Thanks so much for joining us. Good morning. Thanks for having me on the show. Hope you and your family are doing well and being safe and healthy. Hey, you know what? I, at the end of the day, as long as we all wake up and then we all go to sleep in our own beds then I'm happy. Everything else that happens in between is just the universe doing its thing, you know? <laughs> I love that. Um, so yesterday we saw, um, we saw a, a big announcement on the economy from the Biden campaign. And, you know, this has been one of those things. If we wouldn't have had COVID-19, like let's play hypothetical here, then the president would be able to run all year up until November 3rd on the economy. There are are very few arguments you could make that say, hold on, it's not better than it was. And, and it continues to get better in many different sectors. Then you have the coronavirus. So things shifted a little bit and we're talking about other things. Um, the biggest criticism I saw, Kelly, is that the Biden economic plan is eerily similar to what Bernie Sanders was proposing. And that makes investors really nervous. What do you see from your perspective? 
Yeah, you know, I, I don't see it from that perspective. Mm-hmm. You know, I, I see that the Biden new plan includes a, a buy America aspect based on the premise that when you spend taxpayers' money, you should buy American products and support American jobs. Also, the fact to increase minimum wage to um, 15%. And then also increase the corporate tax. That way the corporations are paying higher taxes and that will help the American um, people. We're, you know, we're dealing right now with a health crisis, an economic crisis, racial injustice and a climate crisis. And the American people are, you know, hurting. Last month, the unemployment rate, according to the Bureau of Labor Statistics, was 11.1%. I mean, that surpasses a 10% peak record during the Great Depression. Mm-hmm. You know, a lot of people are are drawing those comparisons and we they were from the start. OK, when everything started to to crumble in the late April, early or sorry, late March, early April time frame, when you looked at layoffs and looked at different jobs. But now, you know, we're a couple months away from that. And a, a lot of times it's coming down to poll numbers. Um, you know, I, I've said a, a ton of times on the show, one poll is not a news story because it. It yeah. really is just a snapshot of literally that exact moment, what's happening that day, what's happening in the news. But once you start to look at a trend, and that's something that the Trump campaign seems to be trying to to tackle. Because, I mean, this this poll that I have in front of me right now, um, CNBC All Economic Survey poll. So people asked specifically about the economy. Um, it showed that Trump was leading Biden 44% to 38%. However, in many of the other polls, you have it almost exactly opposite. So what should these campaigns do? Yeah, you know, that's, I mean, I think that's a really good point. And as you pointed out, you know, in regards to polls, there's always a margin of error. I mean, another poll that, that I um, saw shows that, you know, them pretty close um in regards to the percentage um, on the economy. Mm -hmm. But I think that we need to put, you know, Americans um, first, and we also need to buy America. And I think that's important, and we need to think about the American the people and think about are you better off now than you are four years ago and i would guarantee you that most people will look at you and say no you know <laughs> people are struggling i mean you know thank goodness for our health care and our and our doctors and our and our first responders that are putting their life on the line to save people every day thank you for everything that you do for our great country um but people are hurting you know um people can't put food on their table or struggling to pay their rents and this is this is just hard times for the American people. Well, and that's something I think both campaigns are going to have to look at because we know on July 31st that at, at least right now the that pandemic unemployment added benefit that $600 a week is going to go away and um could lead to some more issues. Kelly Hyman, thanks so much for your time today. We have to leave it there for time. Um but good insight. Appreciate it. Thanks for having me. Be safe, stay healthy. God bless. I'm Brandon Como, and you're locked into KPL. Get my take on the day's biggest stories alongside Shannon Wilkerson. Offsides, weekdays at 4 on News Talk 96.5 KPL. Celebrating 20 years of enlightening Acadiana. Moon Griffon, next on News Talk 96.5 KPL. I'm Elizabeth McDonald, and this is the Fox Business Report. 
Wall Street giant Goldman Sachs business surged in the spring quarter, even stronger than a year ago. It was helped by investment banking and trading. Goldman Sachs corporate lending and financial advice business declined in recent months. Moderna's positive results from tests of its experimental coronavirus vaccine are again helping stocks. Americans are buying athletic wear and casual clothing to wear during the pandemic. That is helping Hanes brands. Analyst Michael Benetti believes Hanes has weathered retail closures better than its peers. About half of the stores where it sells products remained open during shutdowns. Google is investing $4.5 billion in India in geo platforms. The two companies are planning to develop an entry-level smartphone. That's your Fox Business Report. I'm Ginny Cosola, invested in you. It's happening in just days. Publishers Clearinghouse will be ready to award $7,000 a week for life. That's $7,000 a week, week after week, for life. Don't miss your last chance to win. Go to PCH.com and enter before it's too late. That's PCH.com. Better hurry if you want the next big winner to be you. Enter now at PCH.com. Entries due 826. No purchase necessary. Void were... Get the free KPL News app in the App Store and Google Play. News Talk 96.5 KPEL. Brobridge. Lafayette. Your 24-7 news source on air, online, and with the KPL News app. Now the headlines from the KPL News Center. 82 degrees here at KPL. I'm Bernadette Lee with your news update. Well, the director of the CDC says the U.S., could bring the coronavirus under control in one to two months if guidelines are followed. Dr. Robert Redfield, the director of the Centers for Disease Control and Prevention, says if everyone wore a mask, the U.S. could bring the COVID-19 cases under control in six to eight weeks. He made the comments yesterday to the Journal of the American Medical Association, saying mask wearing isn't a political issue, it's a public health issue. It really is a personal responsibility for all of us. Dr. Redfield also expressed concern about the fall when the flu season gets underway and urges people to get their flu vaccine because two respiratory diseases hitting at the same time have the potential to overwhelm the health system. Tanya J. Powers, Fox News. And the coronavirus may cause some serious health problems for those who survive it. Here's Fox's Carmen Roberts. A study out of London shows the coronavirus is linked to several neurological conditions, including stroke, delirium, nerve damage, and a rare brain inflammatory condition that can be fatal. That rare condition is acute disseminated encephalomyelitis, which is usually seen in children and researchers say can also be a COVID side effect. The researchers at University College London who discovered the links say they did not detect the coronavirus in cerebrospinal brain fluid, meaning it likely does not directly attack the brain. Rather, the neurological conditions may be an immune response to the virus. Carmen Roberts, Fox News. And she adds in her report that authors of the study told SciTech Daily it's important for doctors to be aware of the possible side effects because early diagnosis can improve a patient's outcome. Now, the findings of the study were originally reported in the academic journal Brain. Now, essential employees, frontline workers, healthcare professionals, and others who have been on the job during the pandemic in Louisiana can now apply for a one-time hazard payment of $250 from the state. To be eligible to get the payment, you must earn less than $50,000 annually, and you must have been on the job between March 11th through May 14th. You have to have clocked at least 
200 hours. You can check it all out at the KPL Facebook page, also on the KPL website, and all of the details are there. Mostly sunny skies across Acadiana today with your highs getting up to around 93 degrees in the afternoon. Heat index will sit anywhere between 100 and 105 by the end of the day today. A 20% chance for an isolated shower and your lows are going to be dropping down into the upper 70s. A little more cloud cover and widely scattered showers expected for your Thursday afternoon before drying out and staying hot through the rest of the weekend. From the Storm Team 3 Weather Lab, I'm KTC Meteorologist Daniel Phillips on News Talk 96.5 KPL. And right now, 82 degrees here at our KPL studio. News Talk 96.5 KPL. Right now, traffic. Lafayette Police are reporting a fender bender North University between Renault and I-10. Again, that's North University between Renault and I-10. Please make sure you buckle up. Keep it safe.